Well, hello there, all Fantasy Everything listeners. Thank you so much for getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. For supporting in everything that you do, we actually have a fun announcement. We are going to do a live stream. It has been who knows how long since we actually did it, and we, uh, we found a company hop in. They approached us, and they do live streams. They specialize in it. And so we're just going to do it. We have a, we're going to do a few of them, I think. This is the first one that we're doing. So we're just going to do it for everybody. And it's going to be free. So you can just go register. Uh, it's going to be January 15th at 5 p.m. Pacific, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern. And yeah, we're just going to do a live stream show. We don't know what we're going to draft or anything yet, but it is going to be dope. And it is going to be easy to register. And it is going to be very fun. I'm looking at the graphics right now. It's rad. It's going to be an interactive uh, live stream. So should be able to chat. We should be able to do all kinds of stuff. We're trying to plan out games and things. So it's going to be a blast. But regardless, everything is shutting back down. It, we, obviously, we didn't plan it like that. But that is unfortunately what's happening. So join us for our first live stream in quite some time on January 15th, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. We'll post the link uh, in the description as soon as this drops. And then obviously, we'll just be posting it all week and da 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 But Make a night of it, you know, have fun, put it on the, put it on the big screen, have some, have like a couple people over who are safe or don't, whatever you want to do. Yeah, my voice just cracked, but we're leaving it like that. Live stream, January 15th. We are thrilled about it. We can't wait to see you. And uh, yeah, awesome. This is a HeadGum Podcast. This is All Fantasy Everything, the podcast where we fantasy draft anything and everything from the world of pop culture. On today's episode, it's the sixth annual pop culture draft. We will be drafting the pop culture from the year 2021. Joining us for this annual tradition is, is, is one of our favorites. It's the pop culture writer at The Ringer and Abroad, Allison Herman. I'm your host, Ian Carmel, and we're joined, as always, by my friends and comedians, Sean Jordan and David Borey. Let's get into it. episode of all fantasy everything the podcast that is like pizza and ranch dressing it sell tell the whole story <laughs> just before we started recording uh allison was talking about how she's baking a, a a chocolate a sea salt chocolate tart is that right yes a salted caramel and chocolate tart courtesy of the new york times cooking a wonderful app also hello yes. everyone i'm so excited to be here <laughs> <laughs> yes, shout out to that app though. That app is it, it played huge in my life this year. I'm I'm making a breakfast out of it tomorrow. What are you making? I'm making a shakshuka. I'm making a shakshuka, but let's not get off track here. But I'm making a shakshuka. <laughs> There's food called a shakshuka. <laughs> shakshuka, dude. Yeah. Wow. It's good. It's good to sell. But we were talking, uh, Allison. You were remarking how that's a very 1995 ass dessert to make because that's the year 
when America seemed to discover that salt goes with sweet and they work well together. And and Sean was like, oh, yeah, like when you found out pizza and ranch dressing went together. It's the exact same thing. Which is a Sean Jordan-esque response to any cooking. I I feel like any cooking (laughs) conversation could have happened and you would have been like, oh, yeah, like when pizza, when you found out pizza and ranch go together. Yeah, I made dinner. I got a pizza and I put my own little brand on it. I got some ranch on the side. There's a little something I do. It's like on King of the Hill when she's like, when she's like Peggy and meatballs, it's the same thing. Dude, I bring that up. Uh, once a week, probably Spopeggy and meatballs. When I'm like trying to put food together, I love referencing Spopeggy and meatballs. You know, we all we all have our own reference points to every mm-hmm. conversation. It's like <laughs> I write about TV, and my mom thinks every TV show is like The Good Wife because that's what right. she knows. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I bring up Bobby Brown way too much for ways that you wouldn't even think. I don't think so. I think you. I think it's good that Bobby Brown still has someone writing for him like this out there in 2021. Ooh, you he was telling. in the boy band Christmas, man. It was he's good. Bobby Brown's dope. Somebody came at me and said, "We're like Johnny Gill was just as successful as Bobby Brown." No, he was not. I will punch that person in the face. <laughs> there was not even. I couldn't name you a Johnny Gill song. Johnny Gill doesn't have a "Don't Be Cruel." No. I'll kill you. He doesn't have a my prerogative. All five of David's draft picks for 2021 are just Bobby Brown. Yeah, <laughs> all just Bobby Brown. Things. I got his comings and his goings. Yeah. <laughs> his prediction for 2022, Bobby Brown. It's going to yeah. be Brown outside, man. Number one pick, him doing that karate kick out of the helicopter in that Ja Rule video. And that is something I bring up a lot. That was this year? No. Oh, okay. But you're just Bobby Brown did a karate kick out of a helicopter? It was the beginning of the video, and that's the first thing he did. Because he was like, he had been gone for a long time. Ja Rule bought him back for the song, and then he just, yeah, it's called Thug Lovin'. I'll, I'll send you the YouTube, but yeah. Thank it's you. It's just like yeah. a straight-up karate kick. Because, like, dudes don't do that anymore. I can't think of a better way to burst back onto the scene than a karate kick out of a helicopter. What is a better way to come out of a helicopter? You give me one better way. Dude, those Roy's on succession. There's all those helicopters, but no karate kicks. Nobody's done a karate kick they, out of the only did, the only time I would say that writing failed. Yeah. How did Kendall on a manic spree not do a karate kick out of a helicopter at he some point? He was doing blow and he was with helicopters. <laughs> and you know he saw that Ja Rule video. His yeah, son is named Iverson. They got into a hell i well i don't want to talk about it too much because we will talk about it later did you guys see that video ever of nicholas cage on whatever talk show where he came out and he's like hey and then he did a really high karate kick and threw money into the crowd and then he was like yeah and then he sits down and they start the interview that's how i assume nicholas cage starts every conversation (laughs) it's awesome yeah it is and it's like it's young fit cage and he it's a really high karate kick and then he throws out money and then he does a Nick Cage like, yeah, and then sits down and you're like, dang, sure. Be in the movies. I bet. I bet Nicolas Cage could beat all of us up. Yeah. yeah, he's very in shape. I bet. I saw Pig. That dude can beat anyone up. Yeah. I've always I haven't that. seen Pig yet. Not to, not to spoil the story, which is insane because it's a Portland, Oregon area. Oh, I haven't movie. seen it either. Is that well, where yeah, they shot it? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that going in. I mean, I assumed it was, you know, how they marketed it. It was like John Wick with a pig instead of a dog. Yeah. And then I literally texted Ian, I think when I left the theater and was like, were you aware that pig is Portland cinema? Like it's, it's very much about Portland and people you who did live tell there. me that. And it, I, the, I, I, I don't know why I haven't seen it yet. Maybe it's too on the nose. 
I think you're saving Maybe it. Maybe I'm waiting. I think I'm saving it. Ben Kronberg told me to see it, and I trust that. Yeah. That's a tr- that's a okay, trustworthy guys, beard I'm right sending there. you I'm sending you a link right now, and I just need you to go to 45 seconds in. All right. This is, and we want everybody to look up. This is the YouTube video. Uh, ja Rule, Thug Lovin', featuring Bobby Brown. This is how we're all, this will be coming out a few days into 2022, but we still think this is the right way for you to ring in your 2022 <laughs> with this kind of energy. It's insane. All right. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did, huh? He came running yeah. out with a Falcons jersey oh. on. Sorry, I had to sit through a 15-second Google ad, but that was very worth it. It yeah. was, I told you, it's really, his whole energy, this entire video is very, 54 has a great hit. It's all very at 54, good. At 54 <laughs> seconds, he's doing that, I'm in a squat, but I'm still thrusting my crotch out kind of move. Dude, you don't even, they don't even dance like that anymore. I've never seen it on TikTok. No. Dude, I watched Showgirls last night, and there's a moment. Whoa, good move. What? It was great, but there's a, a moment throwback. where uh, they're, cho- speaking of 1995, they're choreographing. It? it was my second time. It was my boyfriend's first, and I was like, you know, obviously the most romantic movie ever made. We have to watch Showgirls together. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's New Year's Eve Eve. Exactly. Yeah. You got to get in the mood. And then there's a moment where um, the choreographer is coaching Nomi on how to do the showgirl routine. And he's just screaming, thrust it, thrust it at the top of his lungs. <laughs> and that is the energy everyone was bringing in that video. So <laughs> I sent that Nick Cage video, a version I could find. He also does a front flip. Whoa. Nicholas, he front flip is nuts. That's Watch quite a front it. flip. And he just throws money into the crowd. <laughs> it is so crazy. Nicholas Cage entrance on Wogan 1992 is the video. Wow. Wogan. I'm not aware of Wogan. I think he was oh. a British. I think he's a British talk show host. I see. Oh, this is blow, right? Yeah. This he is... was tons of it right before the interview. Whoa. Oh, <laughs> no. He's a Coppola for sure. Yeah. He's too hyped. This is his first press tour. Yeah. <laughs> how do you sit down and talk about the movie after yeah, that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, how do you sit down and talk about anything? <laughs> I threw money. Other than a plan to open like a restaurant. Like, yeah. Uh, the audience is just like fighting each other to scramble for the bills. And you're yeah. like, I yeah. don't know. <laughs> to prepare for this role. Why do you have all those Deutschmarks on him? <laughs> This is a this is a emerging Bosnian currency that he's throwing out to the audience. Where did he just come from? It was pre Euros. You know, Kosovo wasn't a country yet, but yeah. Nick Cage had the had the currency. Well, he got him from Slobodan Milosevic. Bet you didn't think he was going to come up today. Nineteen ninety five, y'all. So- Slobodan Milosevic. There you go. You need to Slobodan your role, dude. Slobodan your Slobodan your Milosevic. <laughs> <laughs> he was a bad dude, right? No, he yeah, was you know not the guy, a good man. You know the guy who killed himself in the Hague by drinking poison? Yeah. That, was, that was Nick Cage's source. That was- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Nick Cage had had dinner with him earlier that night. Oh, uh, oh boy! It is, Allison. Thank you so much for joining us again. This is this is our our favorite annual tradition here on the All Fantasy Everything podcast. Oh, it's such a pleasure. You know, we're in we're in lockdown two, electric yeah. boogaloo, choose your own adventure. I yep. would, there's no other Zoom call I would rather be tuning into. I'm so excited. 
Three, three yeah. of us are wearing, four of us, and Marissa included, are wearing uh, stocking caps with balls on the top. Uh, out of and 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 you're not, and we're doing that to frame you, to sort mm -hmm. of provide a frame for your excellence and we your want genius. You to shine. Yeah. 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 See, I saw I saw it as like marking territory. It's like you you are the odd one out. We we are beanie people, and you are not. Not that, <laughs> not that at all. You know how no, like no. in Star Wars, when like the Emperor has like all those dudes dressed in mm -hmm. red with those long sticks. That's True. us. You're the emperor. Okay, yeah. I'm I'm Snoke. I'm whatever that was. <laughs> We're the cardinals. You're the pope. Yeah. You know how in Star Wars where the emperor has a new groove? We're David Spade. <laughs> <laughs> you know in, in the ancient Incan Empire when a That's sorceress yeah. played by Eartha Kitt, someone I did not know about when I watched that movie? No. <laughs> you didn't know about her before that movie? I mean, like, I was a child. Like, but if, I... if you... If you I, I think I had watched a lot of the movie Boomerang coming up, so I knew where she was coming from. That, that's but the that movie was... where, where the emperor goes to Jamaica and hooks up with Pay Diggs, right? Are you talking yeah, about exactly. Boomer? <laughs> that's how Boomer got a rang back. <laughs> I just think there's that moment when you're like, you're watching animated movies as a child, and you're like, that's literally a talking lion, as far as I know. And then yeah, you grow up right. earlier, and you're like, oh, that's Darth Vader. Like, that's the same That's the same person. Yeah. So, Earth, but Eartha Kitt in that movie, you see Eartha Kitt, and you're like, oh, that's the same. That was that person. Yeah, she was she was purple and shriveled in real life as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And she played Jafar as well. <laughs> just <laughs> Little known fact. Not, not the voice, just the act. <laughs> My pungent little friend. Am I the only one who was surprised that there was never an R&B singer named Jafar? Or like... In what? No one was ever named Jafar. Like I, like I've met kids named like Shaq and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, oh, never. Sure. Nobody named their kid after Jafar. It's weird that we haven't met a Jafar. That's what I'm. That's all I'm saying. Like there should be some like you know pro baseball prospect from the Dominican. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Or Jafar Santa, uh, Jafar Villalobos or something yeah, like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's pronounced Hafar. Hafar, <laughs> yeah. Hafar Villalobos. Villa, Villa a, a Brazilian mixed martial arts fighter named like Hafar Gracie or something like that. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. You're right. That is a weird. It is weird that that didn't get traction. I've never understood it. Twenty twenty two. Guy in that movie, but you know, if you're having a baby, name that baby Jafar, and if uh, yeah, let us know, on. we'll get you an extra discount discount on whatever sponsors this episode of AFA. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's me undies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Jordan is here. Sean is Jordan on Twitter. Sean Cougar Mellon Jordan on Instagram. Sean knit cap uh, with a ball on top by White Claw. He's here. Yep, right here, man. Sean Jordan, how are you? What do you got going on? I'm good. Come to Seattle tonight if I'm still doing the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. I'll probably... I don't know. Anyway, if it's still on the website, show up. Um, other than that, I'm doing great. Happy New Year. I'm excited. I'm excited to see all of you. Sean Jordan, storming the Capitol Hill on January 6th when this drops. Your day that was last year. is That was coming. last year. Whole different and show. We, Whole different and show. we never forget. We never forgot. Where was Sean Jordan on January 6th? I don't know. Where wasn't I, man? I'm a citizen of the world, dude. I that's that's everywhere. I'll say I've said it before. I'll say it again. That is a weird answer. I know where <laughs> I was. I was at work. <laughs> yeah, I well, was watching it. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. It was intense, man. Sean, oh, can't stop really... saying pics. Sorry, we got to stop saying. Oh, it was yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was crazy. Right. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy to be there. <laughs> that was that was the <laughs> wild thing. Like you thought it was weird being at work. Not if you not if you believe in what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> crazy not to be there. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> Do you have any other? Uh, so uh, the crocodile, the crocodile tonight, Pop, yeah. perhaps in Seattle, perhaps, and then Minneapolis Comedy Corner Underground, February fifteenth through the seventeenth. But again, perhaps, uh, hopefully, right? Hopefully, hopefully. It's so cool how all our plans have asterisks on them again. Yeah. yeah. Well, we we're gonna be doing some live streaming. That doesn't have any asterisks on it. No. Oh, that's right. What day is that again? January January 14th. 14th. Okay, so I might have to move that because I have to get a a root canal that day. So I wonder if we can move it to the 15th. Are you guys open that day? I'll email the dude after this. But Uh, yeah, I I think so. It's a Saturday. Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. We'll record a separate drop for this. Whatever window Ian is most hopped up on painkillers, that's when all you guys should be doing Yeah, I say we take it. I also have a root canal. January 13th, I have a root canal. Whoa. Okay, yeah, sorry. You ain't going to want to do anything on the 14th anyways. <laughs> that's, not what, that's not where we're at right now. No, but I'll tell you, I had a root canal when I was in Glendale, and um, I'm, proud of, I'm proud of both of you. It's like it's not that bad. Zach said it was kind of fun because he's a psychopath. I feel like you were always having root canals, and I don't know I why had one, I feel but that I had one, but I had a lot of work that I had to get done over the last year at the dentist. Yeah, me too. I've started that process. It wasn't bad, honestly. The shot, you get the shot, that's it. It's fine. Put some earbuds in. Anyway, the point is we're going to have a big all fantasy everything <laughs> live stream coming sometime in January pending dental surgeries sponsored by Vicodin sponsored by Vicodin. <laughs> they didn't give me any of the good stuff, by the way, after I got my root canal. Did they give you the bad stuff? She pretty much called me a coward and she's yeah. like, just take some ibuprofen. I was like, come on, it hurts, man. Nothing. No script. Yeah. No, nothing. Well, yeah. Maybe if you weren't wearing that white claw hat with a ball on top, they would have been more. They would have been more willing. Um, so keep an eye out for that. We'll we'll record separate details. Yeah. Other than that, no man. I'm just happy to see everybody. This is fun, and I'm excited about my picks. Good, Not a bad. That's Maybe. the right. That's the right attitude. Sean Jordan is uh, Sean Jordan is here. We talked about that. David Bory is also here. Hey, cool guy. Joke seventy seven on Instagram, not hey. on Twitter. No sir, no sir. Not no, sir, on no, Twitter. Sir. But you left the bad place? I did. I had to get out of there. That's how everybody responds too. It's never like like you said it last episode, Ian. Nobody's ever like, you left Twitter. Why? It's so great. Everybody's yeah. like well, <laughs> everybody's always just like, Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah. It's a it, a but like the highest approval rating decision anyone could ever make. Yeah. Yeah, I can't, I can't. I can't go back. Sometimes I think one of my primary group chats. I am. I'm now officially the last one person standing on Twitter. Like I just have to tell everyone the terrible things that are happening because I'm the only one who's there to witness them. Yeah. See, and that's the good thing because I live in Denver now. So you know, my friends that aren't comedians aren't on Twitter either. So I don't even get the like. I don't even get the updates. Like nobody's like, oh, I saw this on Twitter. Except for that, I heard about the Nancy Reagan thing, but that's it. That's the only thing. It was I've pretty heard funny. It was pretty funny. Dana's parents. Dana's parents. We were talking about the Nancy Reagan blowjob queen of Hollywood, Allison, <laughs> on the episode with. <laughs> the new Coen Brothers movie. Dana was on last week, and her parents listened to it. They might even be listening to this episode. So we were like five minutes into that conversation <laughs> before I remembered that her parents would definitely be listening to it. <laughs> And I've been throwing around Nancy Reagan was Sorkin dorks all over Hollywood. <laughs> he definitely said Sorkin dorks, <laughs> which is also my newsroom fanfic chat room. Yeah, I was going to say Sorkin the Sorkin dorks. dorks. <laughs> 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 
You know, oh, everyone can benefit from some American history, including including your fiance's parents. I That's think true. I'm sure they appreciated the education. <laughs> American history triple X. Perfect. <laughs> she didn't. She didn't put her mouth on the curb though. Uh-uh. Uh uh. But yeah. are we at? Is this my date side? Yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't. My stuff is really. It's all guys. It's up in the air. I want to like. I don't. I just don't want you to buy tickets to a show that's going to get canceled. So I'm going to not say anything, but I could be in the Bay Area in March, you know, and I could be in Austin soon, but we'll we'll figure it out. Listen, guys, just go online. Uh, I've been watching a lot of YouTubes about restoring old metal objects. Yeah. I've been finding a lot of joy in that. Go to the park. Keep your assets liquid right now. I'm mad liquid. It's so just be liquid right now. Yeah, be, be liquid. liquid. Be Keep liquid. doing your part, and eventually we'll go on tour together again. That's right. It's coming up. It's gonna be fun. Keep doing my part. Oh no, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the Them world to keep doing their part. Yeah, I'm kind of screaming into the echo Get chamber the here because everybody that listens to this is dope. So can I say that? Can I say that? If you if you're listening to this podcast and you're not vaccinated, we don't support you. We don't. We, we don't have your back. We, we do not. We don't think you're a cool guy. We don't think you're a cool guy. We don't think it's fun how you're doing that, and uh, we think the questions you're asking are stupid. Yeah, and that's all I got. I think we can all turn the key on that ballistic missile yeah. launch. Yeah, yeah only you have uh, the power to change it. Yeah. Uh, it's it sucks what you're doing, and yeah. uh, <laughs> and your Facebook presence quite quite honestly is pissing everyone off. Yeah, I hope you I hope you catch yourself in the mirror and you find it an unpleasant experience the next time it happens. It the vaccine ripped apart the Jordan's Christmas in South Dakota this year. It was like my, my uncle. I don't think that's the only Christmas it ripped apart. No. No, but it wasn't around yet. Like it, you're right, it ripped apart Christmases for decades, but it just wasn't the vaccine yet. But my uncle was using, in so many words, just completely alienated the half of the family who doesn't want to get vaccinated. Which, great, you know, do it. But he just was. That's such a fun twist on. I thought you were going to say like your uncle was like the loud and wrong one who didn't want to get vaccinated, but no, he's like the only angry uncle who's on yeah. the right side of history. My uncles other are so uncle. often cast as the villain in every vaccine-related story. It's always yeah, my it's uncle. It's always my uncle. I feel like in every story in general, because yeah. we like because we like to hang out late nights and smoke reefer, right? You know. Now, now we're bad uncle, blah blah blah. Because my mom, I thought it was going to go that way, and my mom told me what she like the first part of the text. I was like, oh, here we go again. Then I was like, oh, 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 wow, what a yeah. fun twist. But then you know, it was alienating my other uncle who is anti-vax, and so there it's we like, go. There, there yeah. is an uncle on the wrong side. Yeah. It's so cool how Omicron heated up just in time for everyone to spend their entire family gathering arguing about COVID again. Yeah. It's just like right. amazing right. timing. Yeah, isn't it tight that they couldn't just come together <laughs> and thankful to see each other? It seems self-aware, the virus. You know what I mean? It does seem like it's got yeah. excellent timing for it. Yeah. Well, Terrible obviously it's us. self-aware. It was designed by robot techs in Japan. Go off. <laughs> sound off sound off King. david has been spending time on youtube <laughs> uh, I'm, a, I'm a red pill guy now let him know dude yeah i'm a fucking i'm i'm dude i took a red shot dude i, I skipped the pill entirely yeah, red shot like, right to my aorta give me, give me the bottle give me the give me the red pills 
please. Yeah, dude. <laughs> red Pilsner, dude. I took a red. <laughs> that was a, a shot great Catskills cat comedian, Red Pilsner. Red Pilsner. Uh, Allison Herman is here. A Herman 2006. From A Herman 1995, Baking Tonight, to A Herman 2006 on Twitter and Instagram. That's the that's the handle. I have synergy, <laughs> synergy across platforms. That's the handle. Uh, where can people where can people check out? Uh, I mean, theringer.com. Yes, theringer.com is recently, a great. You, you wrote about Joan Didion and Eve Babbitts. I did. Uh, two writers who Rip wrote it. a lot about L.A. Um, yeah, I, I, I write about TV mostly. I write a little bit about movies sometimes. You know, it's a grab bag. You can check it all out. Oh, yeah. When are we getting the Allison Herman book? Your parents and I want to know. Your, my parents do want to know, so thanks for asking on their behalf. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. I'm just waiting for something that I'm willing to spend, you know. to You you are engaged to be married to someone who has written a book. You know what the process is like. I can't believe gnarly. you're wishing that upon me. It's gnarly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm wishing the book upon me is what I'm doing. And then as far as your labor, that happens off camera for me. So... Okay. Yeah, fair enough. That's how I feel about literally everything I can yeah. <laughs> Get back to the lab and call me back later. <laughs> as a as a fan of the things you write, I just you know I'm set. I'm setting my intentions for the year, and that includes you doing a lot of work, and then me getting to enjoy it. Okay, that's well, all that's happening. I, there. I want that for you. I don't know if I want that for me yet. <laughs> but in the meantime, what are you? What are some of your favorite things that you've written this year uh, that you'd like to point people toward? Okay, well, I wrote a really big feature about Succession that was about how they make the show and how um, they make rich people being rich look super not appealing. That uh, was so good, and ca- and like captured a thing that like I hadn't even, that I had realized subconsciously, but hadn't like really dawned on me. Yeah, I mean, like secretly, that's the really cool part of my job is that I can just like vaguely notice something, and then I can be like, you know what? I can just harass HBO's PR department and force someone to tell me about yeah. that. Because <laughs> trust me, they don't like it if you're not a writer. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I'm. I'm not just like some random person who's like, just tell me what I want to know about this show, and I won't yeah, share it with anyone. Like, but you're not screaming. Bring back Arliss. <laughs> yeah. David, David, Sean, and I have been agitating for info on where The Rock got all those vests from Ballers, and, and <laughs> yeah. it's been fruitless so far. <laughs> you just fucking tell me. Yeah, when, it, when it's Elizabeth Warren being like, I'm going to hold up your merger with Discovery until you give me a private meeting with Dwayne The Rock Johnson for my favorite show. They're not super into it. Uh, all I want to do after watching Succession is hold, hold up a merger. Yeah. <laughs> it looks awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wrote about that, and I wrote about um, a show called The Chair. I got to talk to the co-creator and talk about academia, which is, you know, everyone's favorite sexy topic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, those, those were some highlights. It was my second choice of places to hide out if stand-up comedy didn't work out. Academia? Yeah. For me, it was macadamia. I'd hide out <laughs> on a macadamia farm in Hawaii and just oh, yeah, live I my gotta, life, man. Act like I don't got the Tahoe cookies around the corner. Ooh. I keep that thing on me. Yeah, <laughs> Fucking, I ate so many macadamia nuts when I was in Hawaii this year. That's that's my first five picks. Does yeah. it kind of feel crazy because you feel like you're like this feels like a dollar a nut? It's yeah, not the price is not a dollar a nut, but you're like this is like it's like I'm eating pearls. They're rich. It does feel like that. It is. Yeah. Like, I think it's one of the rich. I mean, I know caviar like is caviar, but it does feel like that's the richest thing you can eat, even though it's not. 
Yeah, yeah. Macadamia nuts, you always feel like, okay, who's this big spender? <laughs> Look at me. Like a cat. I feel like I should be on a throne when I eat them, but I'm yeah, never. Like I'm, are you telling people like they don't make these nuts on the mainland? No, nah, I'm always sitting on the edge of a bed. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I'm always sitting on the edge of a bed, drunk in fuck it mode, where it's like, no, I'm just going to eat these nuts. Yeah. Today, I'm already thrown out today health wise. So I'm just going to eat this entire thing of nuts. These fucking blonde nuts. Anyways. I think I've only had them in cookies. Well, <laughs> we can never had that. them straight. It's a new we year, dude. We can it's change new that year. real quick. Uh, so check out Allison's book, forthcoming in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> a deep dive on where The Rock got all of his vests from the mm-hmm, show mm-hmm, uh, Ballers. Yeah, I'm going to start. I'm going to write and publish a book in 2022. That's definitely That's right. the timeline. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, yeah you got it. <laughs> Uh, but no, seriously, check out all of Allison's wonderful work on The Ringer. And also, and do, if you want to do a deep dive on The Rock, I'm here for it. Yeah, Something about me doesn't trust him. It's the same way I feel about Terry Crews. Yeah, there's something, there's something going on with The Rock. I mean, Some, he did just I, announce that he's never coming back to Fast and Furious, so clearly he has a lot of free time on his hands to talk about yeah, this. Doing what, though? What the fuck is he doing in I just never feel like, much like, I, much like Terry Crews, I just never felt like The Rock was on my team. There are a lot of people in pop culture who feel like they're doing the thing we know them for as an excuse to get something else across the goal line right yeah, now. Like, yeah. I don't think Ryan Reynolds enjoys being in movies. I think he's just being in movies so he can keep pushing Mint Mobile and Aviation Gin. And Peloton. And Peloton. I, don't even think, I don't think he likes being funny. I no, think he's no. one of those guys who's like, I'm an actor. Like, if you talk to him, you yeah. know what I mean? Like when Keenan Thompson does an interview and he's like, I'm an actor first. And yeah. you're like, well, you're on Come on. Jonah Hill does the same stuff where you're like, he won't even talk about some of the old roles. And you're like, just talk about it. It was hilarious. I know with Ryan Reynolds... Once he went into advertising, I'm like, you found your calling. Like, that's what you do. You don't make entertainment. You sell a product. Yes. That's what you do. (laughs) Even that's what Deadpool was. It was him selling Marvel. It didn't feel Mm -hmm. like an acting performance at all. No, 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 no. Everybody's got a fucking thing now. Yeah, there's sometimes when people, because that's the weird thing about being funny, and I'll and I'll end it with this. This is not an important aside. That's the weird thing, though, is like there's these people who like, can speak the language like they know the beats, yes. but it's not genuine. You know who I think is great at that? Zach Efron. Yeah, Where it's yeah. Like, you understand the rhythm and the pace of what how funny works, but you're not invested in the product. Right. They can speak funny, but they'll never lose their accent. It's yeah. always in there. Yeah. yeah you're always going to be from Germany. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I just want it on the, on the books. I do not trust the rock or Terry Crews. Perfect. Yeah. We're going to replay that in like five years when the rock is like in jail for white collar crime or yeah, something. Yeah. You Heard saw it here coming. first. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's not exactly, it's not exactly a Hannibal Burris, Bill Cosby situation. That's not no, exactly no, no, what's no, no, going no. on. It's I, not I that. To be known that it's not, I have no yeah. proof of anything, but you know, just in my it's heart. Not that, it's not that kind of problematic thing, but there is something going on. I just don't trust them. I like to call that a soft cancellation. You know, there's yeah. like the, the hard cancellation of like, oh, no, you did something criminal. And then there's the like, you know, you're probably just not great. I'm just, I, yeah. I wouldn't want to hang out with you. I just kind of think you might be a butthead. Gal Gadot has her own line of noodles. And I'm like, this we needed? You're selling noodles? What is a what noodle line? Is it like she has what are they angel called? hair and rigatoni? I think I, I, I think she has a few different kinds of noodles. And I'm like, what? 
What? Why? Just because a celebrity hadn't done that yet? I'm not one of those people who thinks celebrities can really do anything, uh, let alone, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I hate when it's like, oh, Wonder Woman noodles. Like, what the fuck does she know about noodles? The only celebrity noodle noodle line I have any interest in is Stanley Tucci. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously. Like, if that man came out with a pasta line, I would be like, yes. That's coming from a real place. Tucci noodles? Yeah. Yeah, I would get those. Toodles, dude. I need toodles for sure. That's coming from a real place and emily blunt's sister is standing adjacent to that place i'm into it sell me those noodles shout out to stanley tucci oh jacqueline blunt what's her name jacqueline blunt doesn't sound like emily blunt's sister jackie jackie blunt is a different guy dude yeah (laughs) jackie blunt he's a bookie Oh, anyway, man. celebrities selling stuff that you have like a big investment in. We got your eye on you. I know as James Corden's right hand man, that seems uh, like an arched eyebrow, but he's not invested in Keurig. He's just selling that shit. All right. I'm talking about. I don't even know. Ryan I Reynolds need to watch more commercials. Putting out gin. He, yeah. Ryan Reynolds has a gin. Yeah. And Aviation. Mint Mobile. That's his big thing, right? Mint Mobile. Yeah. I yeah. think he had a gin. I think he pulled the Clooney thing of like he cashed out big and has moved on from the gin industry. He's already moved on. What what are you the doing with industry. that money, Ryan Reynolds? Yeah, man. Put it back into the gin industry. We need new innovation. <laughs> <laughs> I had pink gin in England once. Apparently, like gin is pink. Did you have to go to the doctor? No, nah, I don't, I don't even. It sounds like a weird English like, disease. Is the I don't know what I don't know what would make it pink. I was gonna yeah. say something that was not gonna be based in anything. Just a little bit of blood. <laughs> my name is Ian. My name is Ian Carmel at Ian Carmel on Twitter at Ian Carmel on Instagram at Ian Carmel on Jewish Amazon.com app that I'm using to purchase Allison <laughs> Herman's forthcoming book on <laughs> Dwayne the Rock Johnson's Dude, amazing me... plaid vests from the TV show Ballers. Can I use your password for Jewish Amazon? Because we don't get things. Uh, before they come out on my regular Amazon. You it's definitely can't. Jamazon? Jamazon. <laughs> Zabar smoked salmon. <laughs> Jamazon is where Jackie Blunt's hang out. You can, it's, it's Jamazon, and you can get Neil Diamond's weird remake of The Jazz Singer on there. It's the only thing that's streaming. <laughs> Kenny G's entire discography. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys watch that Kenny G doc? I don't want to say I'm, I'm no. sorry. I feel like I'm saying pics. I'm sorry. I watched it too. And something weird was going on in Seattle in in the eighties and nineties. That was I my that was my like big guy. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I kind of walked away not liking it very much. You got a list of enemies coming out, man. Who are you telling? Nerd conf- <laughs> nerd confidence is is has become a nefarious and uh, and dark thing. Oh, I've dude. been against it from the jump. Look yeah. at Billy Mitchell, King of Kong. That nerd confidence where you're like, that guy probably hits girls. He's insane. Fistful of quarters. No, King of Kong. That's what the movie's called, King of Kong. Yeah. Quarters. Oh, it is really. Yeah, sorry. Well, I didn't know that. Well, Sean, take off that hat, dude. It's blocking your third eye. Damn, I gotta open my mind's eye, bro. <laughs> Too right. White Claw, man. That's right. Yeah. Man. There's no such thing. Eighty percent White Claw the, right now. Like the seltzer sauce. No, no such thing. <laughs> Which is another the, the only other thing you can buy on Amazon. Uh, flavor of seltzer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dr. Brown's has his own sub page on there. <laughs> this one's cr- caramel. Egg, egg cream base. Egg, egg cream, cream seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything to promote. By now, the Late Late Show is back. Uh, hopefully, we're back on the air and that we haven't been wiped out by Omicron. Uh, watch Sex Unzipped on Netflix. Listen to All Fantasy Everything. And uh, 
Oh, wait. Can I say one? I oh, yeah. Forgot. January 18th, faded Denver. Shalewa Sharp coming in from New York City. Ooh. Oh, New York. Yeah. Oh. Jew- big Apple. New York City, dude. I didn't say uh, that. I said I didn't it. say that. I said it. I didn't say it. I said it. I don't believe it. I think it's a. Uh, it's true. There's a lot of stuff going on in that city. We are gathered in. <laughs> Not only to talk about New York City, the capital of the Eastern Seaboard, but also to fantasy draft the year in pop culture, 2021. Now, the way we determine the order of that draft is through a rollicking game of rock, paper, scissors, played between the three of you, and we throw one shoot. Here we go. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Oh, David wins. The champion well, is back. Sean Jordan had like four or five in a row. Yeah, man, I was on a streak. David Boy, as the winner of Rock, Paper, Scissors, it is incumbent upon you to determine the order of today's draft. But before you do that, I will remind you, it is a serpentine draft. And what is that? Great question. I had to scrape my windshield the other day. Mm. And it's just like that. If you've ever mm. scraped a windshield, or if you haven't, you just kind of start at the top and you scrape all the ice off from right to left. And then mm. you go down a little bit. You scrape all the ice off from left to right. Go down mm. a little bit, right to left, down a little bit, left to right. Mm. Until you've scraped off what you think is all the ice. And then you get in your car and you realize there's a bunch of ice still on the car, but you're like, ah, I'm driving anyways. And then, you know, you just dangerously drive with too much ice on your windshield. Great day for Sean Jordan analogies. Yeah, we got, it is. We got pizza and ranch. We got yep. wiping your windshield. I pizza can't wait to ranch. see what's next. I forgot about pizza These and are my al- These are my albums, man. If there's an of the people, he's the man of them. I'll tell you that right now. If there's the people, he's the man I of them. So many from the from the Wyatt draft where people are just like, don't don't change, just be you. Because I pick like sleepers and shit. And they're like, don't let anybody bring you down. I'm like, I wasn't down Nobody, until I'm reading these. You were bringing you down. We were trying to bring you up. I yeah, know man. that. I know, David. It'd be like you'd be perfect if you just would wear a mask at some point during this whole thing. Yeah, other well, that, it would have been perfect if you didn't go to the Capitol on January 6th. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I did. <laughs> it would have been perfect if I accomplished my mission, but that's neither here nor there. It's there. <laughs> my mission? Can you imagine if you said something like that my in real mission. life? I hate like, to use military theory. terms not in the military. Oh, my Can God. When that? they say fuel, yeah, you run into someone like, that says fuel, and you're uh, like, or, or I could get some gas. I got fuel. <laughs> <laughs> I got a discharge. All those things are terrible. I grew me. up around too many Mormons, so when P- I hear my mission, I think like two years in like a Pacific Island nation. Yeah, oh, just, yeah. go, just go building the house in Guam. Man, I used to feel so bad. You'd see those dudes walking around Glendale sometimes, and you're like, oh, you poor, poor, poor young men just walking around Glendale. I lived above some my first apartment, and uh, we 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 bullied them. <laughs> We weren't cool. <laughs> There's like not a better way to say it. You're like on tour in Cleveland and you see like the Mormon missionaries there and you're like, mm-hmm. we're not so different right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we're both. Yeah. We're in a strange city. We're both in this hotel. Trying to appeal to strangers. Shout out know? to hilarities, but yeah. In LA, Mormons are like out culted by the Scientologists, so they don't yeah. really get a chance to shine. But For like sure. in San Diego, sure. they are everywhere. They run that town. Like Mitt Romney. The reason why he has a summer house in San Diego? Oh. Mormon town. Really? I grew up in a Mormon town too. The specific area of Beaverton I was in was like super Mormon. And I gotta say, shout out to Mormons. Really enjoyed, really enjoyed their presence in my life. Knew yeah. a bunch of great ones. Yeah, yeah I have go. no left or right. I'm yeah. pretty neutral on the Mormons. Yeah. Mormons? Can I the say Mormons. that? Yeah, you it's can. probably uncomfortable generalizing any group like this, but I feel like if you can It's hard when you just shorten it and put an S on the end, it's the really Morms, never dude. a good 
It's really never a good idea. I had a Kelly Hayden, big time Mormon. So I'll just jump in with this. Took his senior pictures in full Star Wars Jedi regalia. Sweet, sweet man. Had a Mel Brooks themed birthday. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. That's like yeah. Mormon Jewish, like cross-cultural solidarity. We took a very, very creamy version of that like uh, meme of the buff left and arm right. <laughs> oh, you know, left, Yeah, the black and white arm. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. man. Yeah, that's rad. If I went to so I interrupted Brooks. you, Allison. Oh, then I interrupted you, it David. Was... <laughs> <laughs> I had nothing of value to say. Yeah, I was going to make some kind of a punching a horse joke at the birthday party. Uh, like Roberto Duran. No, like Ma when Mago <laughs> blazing. Listen, can I pick the order, man? Yeah, okay. Yeah, go. So basically, what it means is if you pick fourth in the first round, you pick first in the second round. With that in mind, what will today's order be, David Bory? I'm going Allison, David, Sean, Ian. Allison, David, Sean. No, wait, wait. Allison, oh. Sean, David, Ian. Ah. Okay. All right. Thanks. It's like a nice zigzag pattern across my Zoom screen. Preach. Uh, that's a lot of the reason I do it, to be honest. <laughs> Allison, Sean, David, Ian, hot corner. I'll say it. Hot corner. Uh, which means, Al Allison, you have the first pick in the 2021 All Fantasy Everything Pop Culture Draft. The sixth one we've done together. My How Time Flies. Okay, well, I well, feel wait, like... Wait, wait, wait. First, first, I mean, I'm, so, I'm so sorry to interrupt you one more time. I'm only doing it now <laughs> because we have to take an extremely short break. This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there. And you know what? You can update it with an app. So every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A Frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. Headgum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm -hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code headgum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Now it's allergy season. I'm not surprising anybody by saying that. And your boy gets hit extremely hard when it comes to the allergies. I get stuffy nose. Feels like I got two blocks of cheese hanging out under my eyes. And then if I try to blow my nose, it just feels like I backed it all up into my brain. Luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. It is designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better, which is key. I try to like blow my nose before I go to bed at night. 
and it just feels like I I got a, like a bunch of five o'clock traffic sitting in my brain. There's, there's like no way out. And with Claritin D, it just helps everything. It helps grease the wheels, helps loosen everything up so I can get it out. I can sleep well. I don't have a raspy voice all the time. It's just a very beneficial thing, especially if you use your voice for anything like talking or eating, or if you want to use your head for thinking, anything like that. Claritin D has got you. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It is time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Yeah, we're back. Welcome back to All Fantasy Everything, (laughs) the only podcast that has ever existed. This is it. If you've listened to a podcast, it's been all fantasy everything. Lucky you. One of the only forms of media available other than mm-hmm. the writing of Allison Herman. True. No no one has ever written an article except for me, and no one has ever recorded a podcast True. except for you guys. That's why this works so well. That's it's right. A, it's a match made Someone heaven. that gets it, finally. Some trailblazers of media together. <laughs> That's right. Speaking of Allison Herman's writings, keep a lookout for Simply the Vest. A 300-page meditation on the best <laughs> worn by Dwayne The Rock Johnson. God, now that we have a title, I have to do it. Yeah, did you write that in the bathroom? That was great. I thought of it while I was peeing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's on the mirror and lipstick, isn't it? All over the mirror. Oh, that's tight. I, I reconvened the Late Late Show writer's room just to get that going. I have a list of, I have a document with 60. I need some gold. I got to get back in there. You pulled up a Zoom call on your phone. Go, like, go, ignore, go. Ignore the stream. Oh, man. I love that. No bad ideas. All right, everybody go. Uh, Allison, you have the first pick. Yeah, it's almost an hour in. We're making yep. great progress. We're doing um, it. So yeah, I have, I have a sort of tradition within a tradition of doing like a, a slightly more abstract concept for my first picks. Yes. You know, something a little broader. And this year, my first pick is movie theaters because yes. we did not get to go in them for most of 2020. And we may not get to go in them for a good chunk of 2022. Who can say? But for 2021, um, I personally went to the movie theater like several dozen times because I really missed it. Um, the fi- the Pfizer shot was like freshly in my bloodstream when I yeah. pulled into the the Burbank Town Center because those oh. were the only theaters that were open. <laughs> I love that place. I love it there. Oh. It's really become I've I've hit like two of the three Burbank AMC's in the last like month. Like They're I've all right become there. a I've become a Burbank aficionado almost because of the pandemic, because, you know, the Arclight, RIP. Man, which is crazy. Which is crazy. The Vista Theater still hibernating. Quentin Tarantino's got to work his magic. But the AMCs, to use a really geographically specific uh, reference, are all all open in their own Burbank. I think they're open around the country, right? AMCs? Yeah, it's all like you go to the Burbank Town Center. If somebody just dropped you in the middle, you wouldn't be like, oh, Burbank. You'd be like, here's a movie theater and a mall and a Fuddruckers. And a, the you know. first place I drove when I moved to L.A. the very first time when I knew <laughs> not a soul down here and like pre, like pre-social media and all that, I landed in Burbank. I think it was where the is that where like uh, the comedy club and the movie yeah. theater and the mall flappers yep. landed yeah. there and was like, Okay, I can do this because this is the same everywhere in the world. Yeah. <laughs> you were starting yep. on like an advanced LA level if you flew into Burbank to move here. That's like year three. I drove into Burbank. I <laughs> drove into pro. Burbank. Okay, that's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was didn't like, fly you flew into Burbank. In the first, that's too pro. That's too no, pro. No, 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 no. 
But anyway, I movie theaters, I really miss them. I was really glad to have them back. Um, they yeah. occupy a very special place in my heart. And yes. when I'm looking back on the year in pop culture, that's what I think about. I don't want to say picks, but I had a couple really good, a few, a couple things that made me thankful that I could go to the movie theater and me see too. it that way. I won't say any picks, but we rented one. Well, Sean, that's not the fucking point. Yeah, we Don't can say it, but like, we, wait, you rented like a whole theater. We rented a theater. Yeah, that oh, was the I only you said time you I went. A movie. I was like, dude, <laughs> no, not an <laughs> asshole. Are you gonna say this pick? Is, uh, probably. This, is the movie yeah. gonna be one of your picks? Okay, then we'll circle back to it. I imagine because it's fun. But yeah, we rented a theater. That was the only time I went the whole year. Was we rented one? And that was it. I I, what did you see? I'll I'll pick it later. Okay. No, it'll come up. <laughs> Nobody else will pick it. I don't think. <laughs> no, they won't. Uh, I'll pick it last. It it this is such a great pick. It was it was really one of those you don't know what you got till it's gone kind of things. And when we finally got to go back, it was like, oh yeah, this is. I feel I only saw two movies in theaters this year. For I don't even really know why, because most of the movies I wanted to see in the theater came out when it was like started to feel dicey again. But uh, the two I saw felt like the right two. Which will come up later. I'm what is here. Oh. I'm just. I'm, I'm David, eating. I'm David so hungry. Dark. <laughs> I'm so hungry. What's your What's your uh, movie theater order, Allison? What do you How, how do you? Ooh, good question. Snack wise, where do you mm -hmm. like to sit? Paint so, the picture for us. I'm not. I'm not a snack person, which is probably how I can financially afford to go to the movies as much as I do. Oh, Although yeah. my my boyfriend's mother gave me an AMC Stubbs membership for Hanukkah, so like. Yes, nice. I'm nice. I'm ready. Um, what is that? I, is that the three movies a week kind of thing? Yeah, that's like their movie nice. pass competitor, but it outlasted movie pass. So now they're just <laughs> but, but losing you also, money. Don't they, don't they sometimes it's like, oh, come and get a free hot dog or something like that. On stuff. Yeah, they have lots of perks. So I'm I'm not really a movie theater snack food person, but I've become a. I've become like a front of the theater partisan post pandemic. Wow. This is like, I think it's because like I want to be as close to the screen so the screen feels as big as possible because I don't get that at home. So I'm like, just like envelop me. Like I'm in like the third row these days. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just so like kinda, a kid, just like, oh. Yeah. And I'm also, yep. I think uh, my, my personal movie theater quirk is that I'm a big movies alone person. Oh, same huge. Yeah, huge. It's, fun. it's the way it's the way I like it the best. Well, because you're you're not talking during it. You don't need another person to be there with you. And then it yeah. also just means like you're more flexible. It means like I can be mm -hmm. like, oh, I have like a weird night off in the middle of the week. And like I could try to source someone who's willing to drive to like the Grove or Pasadena with me. Exactly. But I could also just do that by myself. Can I give mm -hmm. some advice, though? Don't go see a 4XD by yourself. It's weird. What's a 4XD? Oh, is that like where it shakes and everything? Yeah, it's weird. like the rumble pack and it squirts water and stuff. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it makes you feel more lonely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like doing that, it, it's less like, it would be less weird if I were doing it just by myself, but like in a big crowd. But if you're like the only person who's getting like a jet of water to the face, yeah, that's, that's not that's not ideal. That's what I'm saying. It's 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 a fucking bummer. Don't yeah. do like a weekday matinee. That's yeah, not going to yeah. an amusement park alone. More, it falls more. In I've lines never with, done with, that. 
Yeah, I don't I don't see that happening. I feel like most people haven't gone to an amusement park alone. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that's a common one. I saw a guy on TikTok who figured out that if you get like an annual pass to Six Flags, you get free food. And so he went to Six Flags by himself for lunch every day so that he could just. It's pretty funny. Yeah. And then he would like occasionally ride a roller coaster. But I think that's the only <laughs> acceptable. Weird. Whereas movie theaters alone are a wonderful experience, and I wish more people allowed themselves to enjoy it. That's good Could advice. Could you imagine asking, like, hey, Ian, what'd you do for lunch today? <laughs> oh, I just had a hot dog, rode the mind racer. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Six Flags this year, and uh, never again. Oh, you didn't like it? I haven't been since I was a kid. I liked it. I liked it, but I was with, it was me, Corden, and our friend Louie, uh -huh. and Corden got one of those, like, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here uh, escorts. So we like there was no waiting in line and you're supposed to wait in line at an, at a <laughs> between roller coasters. That yeah. hour yeah. is not a bug, it's a feature. So we just like mainlined them. It was like roller coaster, roller coaster, roller coaster with like the only time in between being how long it took to walk from roller coaster to roller coaster. Oh, that's yeah. crazy. And by the end, I was like, fuck, like my adrenaline was all cattywampus. I was just like, <laughs> you were maxed out. I was maxed yeah. out. I, I <laughs> fell. I like there was one where I had to bow out and they went and wrote another one. I don't know why only it was affecting me, but I sat there with my head in my hands for like 15 minutes. And they came back and I was like half asleep with my head in my hands. And then it was like, all right, let's ride three more roller coasters. It was fucking nuts. Ian is only doing like the kitty roller coasters with like a gentle slope that just yes. like go in a circle around the mall from here on out. That's um, it. Ian, sign me up. If it's like, if there's like a mouse conductor at the front of a train, I want on that <laughs> roller, roller coaster. That's, I'm so glad you told me that because now I, I would have never thought that. I've always, every time I've ever gone to an amusement park, I'm always like, Dude, get me out of this line. No, you need that line. You need that line. That's why you go with some people you like to have a conversation with and you and you hang out in that line. Disneyland, I, I would, It's a lot to go through. It is a yeah. lot. Like, it's a lot. I mm -hmm. think Disneyland is perfect for, like, the escort who gets you to the front of the line because you're not going to, like, have your day ruined by going on, like, Those Thunder rides are Mountain. A lot less. Jungle Cruise. Jungle yeah, yeah. Cruise, right. You can, like, chop it up in a way that, like, you, you get to come down from the adrenaline on the few rides that give it to you. But Six Flags? It was just fucking rail of coke, rail of coke, rail of coke. That's all it did over and over and over again. It's weird. We used to do that at the fair where we'd just be like, I'm going to ride the coke. zipper 30 times tonight. <laughs> yeah, I was 14. We would just ride the zipper in the Gravitron all night and then get sick and be just like, well, yeah, man, of course you did it 30 times. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know where the fun was, but it was in there somewhere. You, I'll tell you where the fun is. Movie theaters. May they return soon. <laughs> yep. Totally. Sean Jordan, time for your first pick. Uh, well, it's a season three of Succession, right? I mean, I know we talked about it, but I, uh, I got to take it. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I held off Succession until about three weeks ago, and I watched all of season two and three in about a week. Well, wow. Wow. shock at like the whole show. Yeah, well, because so we had a kid and it's like, say, I already don't understand what's going on in Succession. They spoon feed it to you with nice little metaphors. So you're like, okay, I get like they'll have that conversation and then they're like, well, sometimes you just got to shovel the shit out of the driveway and put it in your neighbor's trunk and you're like, okay. I don't know, some of the some of the some of the metaphors I don't get. 
I I'm don't either, but it like, it, like it, it, it's time to be the fuck stick on Diggy Tap Mountain. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I get the gist of it, like the attitude or whatever. I'm like, OK, I see who's upset. Sean, are you sure you weren't watching Billions? <laughs> I, I Succession. Giant Succession is the best show ever made about how like complex corporate maneuvers are actually about feelings. Yeah. It's yeah. just like you don't need to understand anything about this except that the dad is mean and the yeah. kids are psychologically damaged. And they're all and that's like, it. they're all rich right away. But anyway, so like we had the we had a kid and I'm like, I can't very well watch this complicated show at all right now because I won't get any of it. So finally, she started like going to bed at a reasonable time. And I was like, I'm going to watch it. So I watched the whole thing, whole two seasons like two weeks ago. I think the only people who know what actual business stuff is going on are like the dad, Frank, Carl and Jerry. And I think like every and like fair. Yeah, to be fair, I don't think the kids really know either. I don't no. think any of the, I don't think like, they're like Kendall. Playing, they're playing pretend. He's just like yeah. saying stuff he heard his dad say. That's what it really feels like. I mean, Kendall wanted to buy what, I mean, what is it, the, the huge plot point from season three? Gojo? The streaming Gojo. service? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's that. wanted to buy Gojo for a while, but like. It does feel like none of them really know what's going on business wise a little this bit. This was a great season for me understanding what was going on in succession because it was all just about like streaming services. And I was yeah. like, I know about that. Right. <laughs> I don't know what a bear hug is, but I know what Netflix is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know what a bear hug is. I don't know what a bear hug is. No. There's little things in there when he goes where they're like, oh, he went piss crazy. And you're like, what? That I get. Where, where his pee backed up. And you're like, that can make you crazy. And then you do a little fun Googling and you're like, oh. Interesting. That yeah. can happen. <laughs> that I like was it amazing. When they sneak in and call Roman Romulus every now and again, it's my favorite yeah. part. Where I'm like, man, his birth name is Romulus. It's pretty tight. His birthday was what? I assume that his birth name, like his actual birth certificate name is Romulus because when he's very serious, he calls him Romulus. Uh, I don't think, be... I think it's a nickname, but I think it's like, this is the kind of family where like your casual affectionate name is like an obscure reference to Roman mythology. Yeah, yeah. to the <laughs> twins that founded Rome. I want there to be a Remus that was born out of wedlock and that's the succession spinoff. Well, help me out with this. They call him, his name is Roman. They call him Rome and only his dad calls him Romulus from time to time. So I always thought Romulus was like his actual, because they call him Rome and it's like Shiv, Siobhan. I think it's like how the, the dad also calls Shiv Pinky. Like yeah. Shiv, oh, I never thought of that. It's yeah, like yeah. they have, Pinky. they have like special dad names, but yeah, What's Succession, Kendall's? great show. Number one boy. <laughs> oh, My number one boy. You motherfucker. <laughs> That's what he calls yeah. him. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I Like it's very fresh in my mind. Obviously I, I was, had to pick it it's like a very accurate pop culture thing and i really need to get at least one of those on the board it gave us it's i mean it's a huge one it gave yeah, us yeah. so much this this season like especially this season were, was nuts fucking well, nuts because people people were like oh it's so boring oh it's so slow and like i think i mean i'm i'm one of the people who talked myself into believing that kendall died because i was like that would yeah. be so baller if they spent the whole season with nothing changing and then we're like you know the guy who won an emmy and is like functionally the face of the show He's gone. Yeah. But I really like it. We had to wait so long. Similar to movie theaters. It was like we have we went all of 2020 without succession. And it really felt like, OK, we're back. It I I was never bored this season. I don't I I, no, I, I was feel fun. like maybe you have to pick a take and like or something like that. I can't understand how somebody was bored. I understand they were doing some of the same tricks for a little while, but like. I thought Kendall was dead too. I was because like I started reading in all the tea leaves and like the interview in the New Yorker, and I'm like, why would the 
why would uh why would they say this shit if he wasn't if they weren't about to kill him off you know like his why would brian cox and uh kieran colkin like talk about him like this and the answer turned out to be Brian Cox is just old and British and doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah, this guy's weird. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Here, and like he d- probably is a nightmare to work with, but he gets, I mean, the fucking, the white pants with the sand on it, like that whole scene with the three of them. It was just so fucking good. Oh, yeah. man. All that, I loved it. I mean, it was, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I honestly didn't really even form any theories. I love that their mom finally came into play. Oh, yeah. Boy, she's she sure did. like, all the little morsels you had gotten of her, it was always like, I need some more of this back. Her talking to Shiv, like the whole, like I should have had dogs conversation was so fucking heartbreaking. It's like the oh, meanest man. thing that's ever been said on the show. It was so, oh. It, it like, oh she's, she's Shiv right. talking to Tom was pretty mean. Yeah. I mean, something I love about this show or like the way the season ended is like, things can be both happy and incredibly sad at the same time, or things can be kind of like right, but also just feel super painful. Like when the mom is like, it's not good for you to be involved with this company. I'm kind of doing you a favor. You're like, yeah, "Yeah." like all of you should be just fucking off and like living on a private Island and like flying. You don't feel bad for them for real because you're like, yeah, well, you're all still like insanely wealthy. So it doesn't matter. You're fine. But that's, that's the point is that it shows you that the money is not, the point these people are fucking broken dude right yeah well, i know that that's but like, i'm saying like insanely in, rich but you don't want to be them i know but like in our world they take in my world anyways they take out that one concern because my only real concern lucky me in my life has been like am i going to be broke or not because everything that else is, is pretty not good. true i well, love you is. that's everything that's else not, is, that's that's not i'm telling you it is not, everything else is i'm working once right you now fix that right so once now. you fix that everything is fine that's insane. That's not no, correct. I'm, it's just an opinion. And I'm saying, okay. I'm telling you, it is. Like, for me. I don't, I don't in, agree with that. <laughs> watching that show. Hard, di- hard disagree. <laughs> like, I think Succession gets that feeling where you're like, I, you know, I'm fortunate to come from, like, a relatively secure, like, upper middle class background where, like, you know, my pa- you know, my parents didn't have to worry about losing housing or whatever. And then I've met people and I'm like, I don't think I would want to grow up, like, even 10% more wealthy because like I've seen what it does to families where like your business is also your most intimate relationship. And I think succession totally gets that. And like the way season three ended where they're teaming up together and they're going against their dad. And you're like, this is so great because like you've all, you're all realizing who the real villain is, but also you should not care about this. Like you should be, you should all just go to be like, yes, dad sucks. Let's all go to therapy and unpack this. Yeah. Sell your shares and fucking bounce. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying money would fix. That's, I feel like I'm not making my point the right way. I'm not saying that money fixes things. I'm saying that they remove that from that show. So you see the personal level of it. And then I guess for me, I just would look at it and be like, well, they still have tons of money. So that one thing that I'm worried about in my life, they don't have to worry about. So I just looked at it in a different way because I don't know. It just, I don't know what I'm trying. Does it make any sense? I mean, it's yeah, a great absolutely. show. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's why it works. That's why it's such a great show. Yeah. Cause it works on yeah. all these different levels. It is. It's odd. And then Laura would ask me, she'd sit down and be like, what's going on? I'm like, <laughs> you just got to watch a, the whole thing. It's a fucking bear hug. <laughs> you got to start an episode <laughs> one. 
tell you what's going on. I got I to I I take you to business school now? Yeah, this guy's mad at them. She's mad at them. And uh, it's pretty tight. And there's a yacht. So come yeah. on. Yeah, for, for season four, my only note would be um, you should watch that with your daughter so you can just educate her how the world works. Like before <laughs> bedtime, just be like, this is... Every time she asks me a question, I'm like, oh, there's an episode of Succession that's going to answer that perfectly and we can watch yeah. it right now. Start calling her Pinky. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, Succession. Yeah. The I mean, the I'll tell you what's going on in Succession is a is a is a shirt, a vest, a sweatshirt, a windbreaker, a scarf, and another jacket, dude. Well, Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. Fit of the year. <laughs> <laughs> you look fucking aw- ah coming from Portland, Oregon, too. That's how a lot of those rich motherfuckers in Portland dress is just Patagonia core, like a That's Patagonia lasagna. Pat- I never saw Patagonia in De- Denver until like the last three years when all these yuppies moved in. Oh yeah, which I think I'm one of the yuppies who moved in, so I'm not like saying anything, but. It's like weird. Patagon- Why is Patagonia the one that's for rich people? I don't know, man. Just because it's expensive? Yeah, I've never had any. I've never had any North Face. It never really crossed my mind. Yeah. Gorf core. <laughs> uh, David Borey. Succession season three. Just an amazing show. Amazing. Who do you think? Do you think, Allison, do you think that... Uh, can't believe I'm blanking on the actor's name. Do you think Kendall, Jeremy Strong, Jeremy is going to win the Emmy again? Or do you think maybe some get some uh, competition from his castmates. I mean, I think he's going to do it again. Like, I think for for all that all the celebrities got so pissed off about that profile, like, that's what you want. Like, you want, like, okay, not only is he an amazing performer, but also here's, like, five insane stories. Yes! (laughs) I didn't read the profile. What are the stories? Is he nuts? I want to be Like, in a way that you have to be. It's basically just, like, he spent his entire career, like, modeling himself after, like, really intense method actors. Like, he was Daniel Day-Lewis's, like, literal assistant. And there are all these quotes in there from, like, Kieran Culkin being like, you know, I guess it works for him to, like, isolate himself from the rest of the cast and not talk to anybody. But, like, that's not really my process. (laughs) (laughs) I've only ever seen him be intense and shit. Like, even, yeah. like, in the big short, he was just like this the whole time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Aaron Sorkin gives a quote where, like, he played, like, a hippie radical in Trial of the Chicago 7. And Aaron Sorkin had to be like, I had to tell him that, like, we couldn't just, like, actually poison gas everyone on the set to make it more real. Because that would be endangering the health of hundreds of people. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to get tear gas for real, like, in the in these scenes and shit. I've, I, God bless. That's the, insane. Yeah, we need people like that around. You know, yeah, like you we, need a couple. You need yeah, the maniacs. Like, there were all these other actors, and like Aaron Sorkin himself also got mad, who seemed to think it was like a hit piece. And it's like, no, it's just like everyone's kind of a little bit insane, and this guy's insane in this way, and he gives a great performance, and that's fine. That's how I. T- I didn't think it was a hit piece at all. I was like, this is great. This is who this dude is, and God bless it. And if you have a problem with it, okay. But I, you know, and if you don't. Fine, whatever, whatever road it takes to get him to where he's going is fine with me. And the best part of the entire profile is there are all these coworkers being like, "Yeah, he's kind of nuts." And then they interview his wife, and he has two kids, and the wife's like, "Yeah, he's like totally normal and fine. He's a great husband and great dad. Yeah, <laughs> he's very chill. He keeps it at the office. Keeps it at the office." <laughs> David Bory, time for your first pick. I am picking non fungible tokens. Oh, it just feels like the most 2020 
crypto space, mad cash grab, celebrities are doing it, nuts. <laughs> it, it just feels so indicative of right now to me. Speaking of shit, <laughs> no one understands and can explain. <laughs> I don't, I've read extensively on it. I don't know what the fuck they, I don't get it. I don't understand how all this money is into it. I you I think you have to have like a crypto wallet to even buy them, but people are making a ton of money. They seem very polarizing. Some people seem to love them. Something some people it just is like it's such a like it's such a sign of our times to me of this like major thing that's worth a lot that everyone is terribly confused by. How do you feel about it? Because you, you're like a, a non fungible tokens of my friends. I'd be like, I could see David possibly getting into that. Because I mean, you have speculated right. in silver and gold, like you know what I mean. You've done like, yeah, I like to get weird money. I like to get weird. You like money to get weird sure. money. How do you feel about the whole thing? <laughs> I can't. I can't wrap my head around it. I don't. I, yeah. I just don't. I just don't. It's just so far outside of what I. I, I don't get it. I don't know how to make it work. I. I, I think it's interesting. I think. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting. And it's like a weird s space and like a lot of like weird people are in the space. It's like you hear about like all these NBA players doing yeah. NFTs and shit. Like it's just like, yeah, it's really odd. I can't, I don't fully understand it. So I can't speak intelligently about it really. But what I will say is if, if you were doing a pyramid scheme, I feel like it would look exactly like like what NFTs are doing. Right. You know what I mean? It's, like it, I'm I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying like it if you were doing a pyramid scheme, I feel like you would do everything the exact same way that NFTs are going. It definitely seems like a space for hucksters, dude. Yeah. Anyway, we're releasing this episode of the podcast as an NFT. That's yeah, right. Uh, one please deposit everything in Dogecoin in my crypto wallet. Thank you very much. I actually, could you split that up? I have Litecoin. Yeah. It's tough when somebody explains something to you fully and you're like, uh, none of that stuck. I don't get it. I've had yeah. multiple people try to explain it to me and I'm like, nope, I don't know what to tell you. I just don't understand what you're That's doing. That's how it is for me too. I'm like, I, I just, I mean, I get it in theory. I guess that it, is a one of one, but it's just like the nature of the 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 point of it is the blockchain, right? Because it's like the yeah. nature of the internet is so weird, but right, like you bought Charlie bit my finger, but like I can still watch Charlie bit my finger. Yeah, very, I don't. Very the briefly, NFT is only because we have lots of listeners. An NFT is a non fungible token, which is essentially like a picture. Yeah, they, that exists digitally only. Uh, like it's not only just a, a picture, though, right? Like we could do no, like but it's a picture that exists digitally that is backed up by blockchain, which is the same thing that like uh, Bitcoin is backed up by, which is a one of one line of programming that is generated by a bunch of computer servers. I'm getting nervous. So it is completely unique. It's like the idea is like owning a Monet or whatever. In that it is one of one. Like we could do, we could do like what's a what's a famous AFB bit? We could do an NFT of like of Shaklackaday or whatever. Or, yeah, yeah, whatever. Of, of like a or like the first time you said one hundred percent bar mitzvah and everything. 
Yeah. That could NFT. I feel like Marissa could help us out a lot, and she's just letting us drown right now. Yeah. She, she explained actually, it to us a long time ago. Yeah, when <laughs> NFTs were growing in popularity, I pitched this to you guys. But then what holds me back is that they're just so bad for the environment. Yeah. To mint these NFTs, you have to... Because the amount of power it takes? Yeah, the amount of power it takes. And it's just like so bad for the environment that it completely turned me off to the idea of NFTs. E- everything crypto-related just takes a ton of energy right. and is considered really bad for the environment. All also, like, my favorite joke about NFTs, and no one has ever convincingly explained to me if this is, like, right or wrong, is that, like, the modern version of an art heist is just hitting right-click, save ass. Yeah. That's hilarious. <laughs> also, the art is so bad, in my so opinion. Bad. Also, in my- <laughs> they do seem really bad. It never seems like cool shit. And then, like, a lot of, like, hip, I feel like I've seen a lot of a- NFTs that are, like, hip-hop animals. Mm-hmm. Does that Apes. make sense? Just like the a giraffe with the, a chain? <laughs> yeah. The ape is the big one. Yeah. The Board Ape Yacht Club is the name of it. And yeah, it's a bunch of just monkeys looking like a guy, a guy who spends a lot of time at either a hookah bar or a place that serves kava. Like, yeah, it's, it's I, weird. I don't, I don't know if I like it or dislike it, but I do know that it is so of, of this is so of the time. Like 20 years from now, we're not going to be like, Oh man, NFT still we're gonna be like, man, it's gonna be it's gonna be like swatch watches. We're like, what the fuck is well, this? It's it's either gonna be a fucking it's gonna be Pogs 2.0 or it's or Beanie Babies, Pogs, or it's going man. to be these are gonna or we're all gonna be working for some like NFT farmer. Right. You know what I mean? Like kind of yeah. it's fu- and like that's what's so fucking weird about it, is it's like the other thing is like so many rich people are in on it. That's why I don't trust it. Me neither. Where I'm like, it's all like the... it feels such like a cash grab. Right. Yeah. But that's also true of stocks. But like, Fair. at least I can see like, okay, I'm owning a chunk of this business that makes construction equipment. Uh-huh. Right. 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 You know, like I and own like, part of Dewalt. They're not right. going. I can go to a Dewalt store. I own part of Caterpillar. I own part of like th- this fucking company that does natural gas. I understand that, and maybe it's evil, but I understand what it does. Which is what's so fucking vexing about NFT. Yeah, it is. Great it is pick. tough. I just have to stop when I try to understand it. I'm like, not not today. Probably probably not tomorrow. But yeah. when I try again, <laughs> we'll see. We'll get this. This is a Thursday problem. This is a Thursday <laughs> problem. <laughs> but yeah, uh, NF- NFTs. Time for my. Oh my god, Betty White died. My mom just texted me. Oh. Fucking god damn yeah. it, Ian. Are you serious? Oh yeah, mommy. Yeah. Betty White oh. died. Yeah, I told my mom. Sorry. Oh, She's it's okay. Here. Rest in peace to Betty White. Yeah. Let's make that what a honor. run. What a run! Getting out on New Year's Eve too. Ninety nine. Oh my god! Oh, my hi. Everyone say hi to my cat. My cat is mourning Betty White and has Aww. leaped up onto the desk. <laughs> yeah, we're all sad, Kitty. What's your cat's yeah. name? Man. His name is Zuko. Shout out to Zuko, Danny Zuko. Hey. <laughs> he's actually named after the character from Avatar: The Last Airbender because he's I orange. Knew that was, that was gonna ask him. <laughs> fi- but, wait, Zuko. Zuko was uh, Kara's brother. No, that's um. Oh my god, Sokka. Oh, we, is, it, is the Fire Lord? Yeah, fire he's Lord? the Fire Prince. Okay, okay. And okay. Zuko is uh, real chunky and orange, so I was like, the color, Perfect. the color vibe works. Gotcha. All right, he's off the desk now. <laughs> honorary, honorary pick from all of us, Betty White. What a yeah, what an amazing career sure. in life, and and just uh, man, just she really, really did smoked it. it to the filter, as you say, Sean Jordan. Yeah, she really did it, man. 
just decades of entertainment and 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 on top of the game at every level and like just so funny the whole time yeah so, so funny dang r.i.p wow on new year's day too. or new year's eve of course it was new year's eve 2021 you motherfucker fucking yeah mm. well time for tell me if this time for my first pick and tell me if this is too general because it might be but it's <laughs> it's I don't know if I'm stepping on anyone else here. Would, cause, and I will specify if this is too general. Can I take musicals? Yeah. I don't we, care. I mean, if we can do movie theaters, you yeah. can do musicals. Yeah, I'm I taking. So. so this is sure. going to encompass a few different things. But to me, this was the year musicals made like a roaring comeback. And they were like some really, really, really good ones this year. Including, if I had to narrow this pick down to one thing, my favorite movie experience of the year. I don't know that it was the best movie or anything like that, but my favorite movie experience of the year was seeing West Side Story in theaters, again, right before things got kind of dicey. But uh, my affianced and I went to the Glendale Americana and watched mm. West Side Story on the big screen. And I was, I was enchanted from the opening seconds until it ended. I thought it was so good. I thought it was so beautiful. They were, I've talked about it on here before, but there were moments that looked where it looked like it was a movie from the 60s, like it was lit, like when uh, uh, Rachel Ziegler and Ansel Elgort were on the uh, the fire escape, like it looked like a movie from the 60s. The, I thought the choreography was fantastic that they, which was hard to do because the original movie's choreography was so iconic, but I thought they really killed it. I thought... Uh, I think Mike Weiss, is his, was that his name? Or the guy who played uh, Riff. I forget. He was so good in it. Uh, the woman who played, the, the woman who sings America. I'm blanking on names right really? now. but Anita. Uh, Anita, yeah, was so fantastic. That woman, she was in uh, Hamilton too, right? She's also in Schmigadoon randomly. Her name's Ariana DeBose. She's oh, Ariana so DeBose. good. So good. She was so, she came on our show and she was very, very enchanting. Uh, she was just fucking, the movie, I loved it. I was sitting there the whole time and I was like, this is why you go to the movie theater. This is why they make <laughs> movies. This is just like this big, fun, beautiful, sure. devastating at certain points. Rita Moreno was in it and was great again. And like all these songs that are so fucking good. Uh, the year Steven Sondheim left us to see him again on the big screen. Spielberg directed his ass off. I just loved it. I thought it was so good. So also, just to run through the other musicals this year, yes. we got we got In the Heights. I did watch pretty, that. Which was pretty good, I thought. I had a good time at it. That that was a big, like, returning to the movies movie for me. Yeah. Uh, Tick, Tick, Boom with Andrew which Garfield. I, I loved. I've seen it's it twice so already. It's so crazy that they made a musical about P.O.D. Yeah, but it was time. <laughs> it was the, the culture was ready for it. You know what I mean? There's nothing so yeah. powerful as an idea whose time has come. I'm sorry. Continue. I I, <laughs> I thought Tick Tick Boom was fantastic. Allison, what did you think of it? I really liked it. I mean, I am someone who really does not have the theater kid gene. I yeah. really don't fuck with musicals, particularly as like a stage play. Like it's just it's too artificial. It feels too weird when people just spontaneously break into song. Yeah. So like when a musical wins me over, like that is really especially with like West Side Story. It was like. I have friends who are, who are really well-versed in, like, the history of film and theater and could tell me, you know, here are the 
Tony Kushner wrote the screenplay and they were like, here yeah. are things that Tony Kushner does that like make it a really interesting commentary on the original and here's what it adds. But like I, as someone who doesn't know anything, could just walk in and be like, this is so beautiful. The camera is moving. It's a big spectacle. Everyone's dancing. Like it, it sweeps you up. Yes. And unfortunately, none of the musicals made any money, so there might not be too many in the future. But right. I'm, I'm glad that they all exist. <laughs> <laughs> they took they took a shot. Uh, yeah, I'm marrying someone who's like that, knows everything about musical theater. But I was just in there like these songs are fun. This is this. That's looks cool. exactly where I'm like, yep. Yeah. Give me the songs, yeah, baby. Give me the dancing. Give me the fun visuals. Andrew Garfield did a great job in Tick Tick Boom. I thought, like, I mean, he sang those songs, which is. I mean, what you need to do in a good musical and like, and, and kind of nailed it and was fun. And, uh, I didn't watch all of Schmigadoon, but Dana seemed to enjoy it. And that was like a musical TV show, uh, that came out this year with Keegan, Michael Key and Cecily Strong, Cecily Strong. Yeah. Yeah. I really like Schmigadoon. It's also one of those things where you're like, I can't believe someone got money to make like a spoof of Brigadoon, which is like not a musical anyone even knows about yeah. in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just a great, again, like you said, maybe the only one for a while, but a great year for musicals. I really, uh, really enjoyed all the ones I saw. And yeah, well, I, again, can't recommend West Side Story enough. Please. I'm excited to see it. Support these things. So they do try to make more of them. I'm trying to star in a Fiddler on the Roof remake. You will. You no, will. I think As they're making Tevia it. Tevia or uh, another supporting character? Throw me in wherever, but probably Tevia. <laughs> probably Tevia. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. If you're going to shoot, shoot. Yeah. Um, and then time for my second pick. I'm staying in the movie theaters, although I didn't go see this one in the movie theater, which I think was one of the like they really wanted you to see this one in the movie theaters, but I watched it oh, on the screener. Damn I'm it. taking I'm taking licorice pizza. Oh. Yeah. Oh man, that was not what I was That was that wasn't what I thought you were gonna pick either. I did see I've seen Licorice Pizza twice and the second time was at home and I actually really liked it as a home yeah. movie. But I did I so this year, uh, I became a voting member of the Writers Guild of America. And my back pay for slaving away all those months on a contract was um, when they opened up the guild screenings. Yes. I went to like the first licorice pizza screening in Los Angeles at like Ooh, 2 p.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> did they have a talk back at it? They did. They had a nice. Q and A with uh, with Paul, you know, my close personal friend, of course, and, of course. and Alana Heim. But they, you know, in L A, they um, played it all at, at this one theater in Westwood. Yeah, and um, yeah, like you had to schlep out and pay like fifteen dollars in parking because it's the West Side, and it was so worth it. It was such a great experience. Where does it rank in your PTA movies? First Top, time, yeah. yeah. Top five. Maybe, really? but but maybe five. Okay, like first time towards the bottom actually. Um, but that's because like you know he doesn't make a bad movie. He doesn't make yeah. anything less than like right. a really really good movie. But um, I think the first time like coming after Inherent Vice and Phantom Thread, yeah, which are like I like I yeah, fucking love Inherent Vice. It's one of my favorite movies ever made. Period. And then Phantom Thread is this like it's about like marriage and art and important things and this is like this is like two kids hanging out and figuring out their life and it doesn't feel as like big or ambitious which the second time around i have i think i've appreciated that a lot more but yeah. it's 
It doesn't like scream like this is important the way like the master does, you know? Yeah. Right. No more at my alley where I'm like, cool, I can chill. I can re- relax and have a normal heart rate this whole movie and it's just enjoy the, it. It's it's in the cut. It's just it's I mean, the word ha- I mean, hangout movie gets thrown around so much, but it is you just kind of want to hang like Cooper Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid is so good in it. He's so charming and he like really feels like a teenager. And Alana Haim is great in it too. Like she's so charismatic and like funny. When I like charismatic's the wrong word. Like Cooper Hoffman's charismatic, but she's like so funny. And I I guess it is a kind of charisma. Like you want to stay with her. The supporting cast I thought was like really great. Alana Haim's family played her played her family in the movie, which I thought was a cool touch. But like I don't know. It was just like I watched it and. Like, I, I definitely, I feel like I saw better movies this year, but I don't know that I left a movie feel, like feeling as, like, as much like I wanted to watch it again immediately, where I was just like, oh, man, what a fun world uh, to be in yeah. for, like, two hours. And, like, what, like, fun characters and fun people and, like, just, like, a cool, just a cool place to be. It was a cool feeling. I left it with the coolest feeling of any movie I saw, which is an inarticulate way to say it, but no, that's great. That yeah. appeals directly yeah. to me. That's what I'm looking forward to. I haven't seen it. And that's what I want to do is be I like, I want to feel like it. this is a cool movie and I want to really feel good. like I like it. Yeah. yeah. It's also just a movie like filled with like little moments that, that feel like real. Like they feel like it actually happened between two people, but they're also yeah. not the kind of moments you ever see in a movie because like who which is making are? movies about, a 15 year old child actor in the San Fernando Valley. Yeah. And like, yeah, like there are moments where, um, like there's this one scene where they're both on the phone and it's a completely silent phone call oh. and it just cuts between the two of them. And you're just watching like Cooper Hoffman, and Alana Heim who have never been in a movie, either of them insane, just like making faces and then they hang up and you're like, nothing quote unquote happened in that scene <laughs> like there's it's not like moving the plot forward but you yeah. just gotta watch two amazing people just like embody these characters for you know two minutes or however long Sounds it lasts dope. give me that i'm in the tom waits sean penn scene is like one of my favorite things i've seen in a movie in a long time just fucking crazy tom waits. you could sell me on that like if you're just like there's this movie with a tom waits sean penn <laughs> scene i'd be like tight <laughs> So it's just so nuts. And like Cooper Hoffman's character is such a like, just a great character. I mean, the structure of the movie is just like Cooper Hoffman and Alana Heimer in it the whole time because the movie's about them. And then literally everyone else just shows up for like five to 10 minutes and yeah. just does their thing. And yeah. sometimes that person is Bradley Cooper, Sean Penn. And sometimes that person is like a character actress you don't really know about. And they're all amazing. And like Benny Safdie's in it. Yeah. Like, Oh, really? Yep. He the plays, who plays the, Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, Benny Safdie just plays a, a real life L.A. politician, which is such a like everything in the movie feels really real. Like John Michael Higgins plays a restaurant owner who's like yeah. a real guy in this in the 70s. Oh, was he really? <laughs> yeah. He oh, owned that my restaurant. God. And the restaurant's <laughs> still there. The Mikado. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, the woman who plays the casting agent, too, is so fucking good. Harriet Sansom Harris. Yeah. She's so um, good. Just the, it was just like, I don't know. It's a, it's a great, it's a PT Anderson movie and it's a fucking good one. You know what I mean? I, so I sure. just really, I just really, Absolutely. really enjoyed my time there. Uh, David, time for your second pick. Man, my second pick is not on my list until I watched it. And then I didn't even 
I didn't realize I didn't realize how the gravity of it, but I'm taking insecure ending. Oh. Yeah. It was like and I watched it and then like I watched the special about the ending of it and then just realizing how much you had grown with these people and how much that show was just so of the time and did so many things well and black people have never been lit better on television and then thinking about <laughs> Issa Rae and coming from her like making misadventures of awkward black girl on Facebook like I used to watch that when it was like a Facebook show and just like the pr the progression of it is like it was just yeah it was really big for me it was and just yeah the, the all those characters the growth and like the show was so good and everybody looked so great it was like yeah, the end of Insecure, man. How did you feel about, like, the where it ended plot-wise? I sort of liked that it came back all the way around. You know what I mean? I like that it sort of felt like, it did feel like a neat little bow, kind of, right? Like, in TV land, where it's just like, because there was never, if I'm honest with myself about how I felt, there was never a guy that I thought Issa was better with than him, than, right? Like, who was who was better? It was kind of like what I had always wanted. What you didn't like it? Oh no, I I really liked the episode. Also, like crazy thing. Apparently, it was a completely different episode. And then two weeks before filming, Issa Rae was like, "We're to we're scrapping this. We're doing something totally different." Wow. Really? And she wrote the whole finale like two weeks before they shot it, which is crazy because it, it's such a good. Like personally, I what I really liked about the finale is like. I didn't even feel a way about her ending up with Lawrence because they make it so obvious that's not the point of the show. Like, they end on yeah, Asa and Molly. The There's so much else that happens in that episode that is, like, not about who Issa is dating. It's, like, her career and her friends and what those friends are doing in their lives. And, like, the Lawrence thing is, like, one scene in a 30-plus minute episode, you know? Exactly. The Lawrence, it wasn't even the, it wasn't even the point. Like, it was, I mean, yeah, I don't know, just to watch her growth. And then, like, at the end when she was driving past, which sometimes I would feel like would be hokey, but the way they did it, when she, like, drove past We Got Y'all, and, like, all... I don't know, man. I just really... <laughs> you didn't, I, don't, I, I didn't realize the ground that show covered in the five seasons that they had until you watch it, and then you're like, oh, my gosh, yeah, this was great, and I'm going to miss it, and I like all those characters so much. I need to watch it. I've never... I never watched Insecure. I oh, man, it's yeah. very good. And it, I like, saw the one scene with the bloods that you showed me. <laughs> that was insecure, yeah, that, right? That's a very small part of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah just was... the one show where they're like, "Where's I'm gonna bend, I'm about to connect it with all these yeah. bloods come over to a party." You could yeah. binge it really quickly because it's such a it's like really relaxing because as David said, they make everyone look amazing. Everyone is so hot. There yeah. are so everyone many is crazy hot. <laughs> There's so many sex scenes that are just like just watching these two hot people in the same room would be enough. But they're also yeah. butt ass naked. <laughs> they're also fucking <laughs> love it. And like I said, I never seen a show that lit black people better because black people have a history of being lit so terribly on television. Who are like, uh, and yeah, not but, just the people. It's like it's set it's set in LA and like one of the characters lives in downtown LA and like they go all over, but it's specifically set in like South LA and yeah, like and it feels Inglewood. like LA. It feels like LA, the whole thing like wasn't that kind of the appeal is there's like it's a it's a show about dating that's not based in New York. Wasn't that kind of a, a thing about it? That it was like an LA dating based show? Or am I am I off? I think that's part of it for sure. And like, even within LA, like there are so many shows set in Silver Lake and this was yeah. like, mm. we're going to make this look just as like hip and aspirational and right. all of that. But it's... They never once go to Echo Park. 
Right. They make Inglewood <laughs> not look like a, every other time Inglewood's been on TV, it's been like a gang shooting kind of thing. Yeah, like people are like, scared yeah. to go there because of what they've seen on TV. And you're like, or it's just it's a neighborhood like anywhere else and you can go there and it's OK. And now like the way they have like sex in the city tours of the West Village where you like go to Magnolia and like a big bus and eat yeah. bread pudding. They, <laughs> they have that for Inglewood because of Insecure now. Like it, oh, it was really? such an influential. I don't think it's like as big of an industry as Sex in the City was. But like there are all these maps that are like this restaurant was on Insecure or like go to this apartment building because that's like where Issa lived on the show. And like. The show does such a good job of of like lifting up people in places. Like there are all these actors who are going to have big careers, or all these yeah. writers who are going to have big yeah. careers. All that. Yeah, it has produced a ton of writers, like yeah. big, who all get who are all developing their own projects now. Amazing! I gotta watch it. Yeah, you should. It's Next it's a it's a great great trip. Uh, Sean Jordan, time for your second pick. I'm gonna have to stay on TV. And uh, I'm going to go my probably my favorite show of the year was season three of what we do in the shadows. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's was, one I never I never watched. It. It's such a break from like and I'm not a big things weighing on me heavy with what's going on. But like it's it is a lot with just with the world. And you're like, so I could watch a show about vampires and there's nothing to be worried about. It's a completely fun made up universe where it's funny problems and they're all so funny on that show matt barry my god yeah every word out of his mouth he could he could read the bible to me and i would start i mean he's just funny no matter what i just i love that show i love it yeah there's an episode where oh go ahead what's your favorite episode Oh, there's just an episode where um, Nandor joins like a cult of vampires who are trying to be human, and and like the, <laughs> the anthem, their yeah. anthem is like a Counting Crows song, and you yeah. watch them like do aerobics, and it's all this stuff where it's like I can't even explain why these references to like what makes human beings superhuman like works, but the show just. Uh, understands itself and what it's doing on like every level. I was looking through the episodes because I was trying to find which one this was, but there's one where Nandor has to be everybody else and it's called the cloak of duplication, but he went, it's, it's the gym one, right? Yeah. When he's yeah. Colin Robinson and he walks in and he's negging that girl and he just walks in and he's like, what's up? Dipshit. Heard a thought a hot girl used to work here. And just like, so then I looked and Nandor, that guy who plays Nandor, which by the way, his IMDb photo is sexy. That guy. It's a hot he, dude. He had one of the old, like first YouTube, like shows where he would prank people. And if you if you look it up, I forget what it's called, but it looks like a poorly produced, very early YouTube show. You're like, oh, so that guy's been trying to break for 15 years or whatever. And then he gets this show. I've never heard of him until what we do in the shadows. Kayvon Novak, like, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. That guy's IMDb photo is like an Italian. He looks like a silent film star. From That's crazy. The 30s. He, he had like a show called like Face Face Switch or something where... He would just prank people. I, I don't know. It's I could barely watch it because it was it's not great, but it was probably great for the time. Anyway, uh, I just I love it. I love that show. Everybody's perfect. That episode was fantastic because he played everybody so well. And uh, and then the last one too, where Colin Robinson, <laughs> where Colin Robinson. I don't want to wreck anything, but just say spoiler alert. Yo, Mars chiming in here to say that there's major spoilers ahead for the end of season three of What We Do in the Shadows. Pause now and skip ahead a minute to avoid spoilers. Trust me, I got spoiled hard listening to this and I really wish I didn't. So this is my warning to you. Pause 
and skip ahead about 40 seconds to avoid spoilers. You have been warned. Okay, let's get back into it. Yeah. Spoiler alert. All right, spoiler alert. Where Colin Robinson dies when, like, you find out that uh, Laszlo knew, and so he was trying to spend, like, QT with him. And then you look back at the season, you're like, oh, he was trying to, like, spend time with this guy that he liked because he knew he was going to die. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, it's, and then when Nandor smashes his face in, where he doesn't think it's going to, he's like, he's not dead. And he, and he just caves his face in. You're like, whoa, <laughs> he's super dead. There's no, getting, there's no getting around it. That dude's dead. I just, I love the show. It's so fun and funny. So It's such a good fucking show. The casino episode this season, I think it was early on, was so fucking funny too. Yeah, they're all, it's just. Everyone's and, great. It's an all, like, it's one of those casts. Uh, well, I think like hopefully all these people go on to do a ton of other stuff because they're all so fucking funny. Yeah. I mean, shout out to Guillermo. I think he's become my favorite character yeah. on the show. Um, and he does such a good job of like combining um, Harvey Guillen, I think his name is, yes. where, where he's just a, such a good job of like that sweetness and that guilelessness, but that like slowly building edge of like menace and irritation. It's so good. And then Natasha Dimitrio also hosts the, the great flower fight on Netflix. So she, she's already doing cool things. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Going to a greenhouse in England. And she's in yeah. uh, another show with her brother, right? Like that. Uh, I don't want to say just in case. The fact that her brother is like the guy with, the bad teeth on Fleabag is yeah. so funny. <laughs> those fucking Brit, those Brits, man, they just bubble up, and yeah, then they're they amazing. Bubble up, they're bubblers. Yeah, right. um, what we do in the shadows? Excellent pick. Thanks, bud. You're welcome, Allison. Time for your second and third picks. <laughs> okay, going back to back. Um, so I will stay in TV to start, and I'm going to do probably just the biggest TV show, full stop, of 2021, which was Squid Game. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Never saw I mean, it. oh yeah, it's one of those yeah. things where like there's the show itself, which is really good, and just the the iconography of it was so instantly memorable, like the jumpsuits and the and the honeycomb cookies and the colors and the just the mass, like everything just instantly became part of the pop culture because it all just looks so distinctive. But then yeah. there's also the fact that a fucking Korean language show became the biggest thing in the world. for months and like kind of came out of nowhere if you were an American viewer because they didn't really Mm -hmm. market it in advance a ton here and I think really like was a good show but also was such a 2021 show in that like I don't think this could have happened any year but this year like you needed years of like Netflix making it easy to watch anything in the world Mm -hmm. at any time and then like Parasite winning best picture and like K-pop becoming a huge force where it's like everyone's primed to be like I think it's totally normal to just, like, watch a show with subtitles that's about a different culture. And, like, it's not seen as, like, niche at all. It was, like, literally the biggest thing that happened this year. Because, right. um, yeah. All, just, all these other Netflix, like, like Money Heist, which is apparently one of the biggest shows in the world, and, like, is critically people like it, or but, like, hasn't really, you know, other Netflix foreign language shows haven't gained the same traction, even though they, like, are in the top ten shows and stuff on there. And then, like, yeah, this one just fucking broke who's, through. Who's yeah, picking was, those top? How is that getting figured out? I feel like Netflix is just telling me. Like, they just decide. Ah, yeah. yeah. Ah, what do you, keep what drink, do you mean? Ah, what you keep drinking the Kool-Aid. I don't know. I have, I have friends who, who are in your team, Sean, who are like, they're, like, they're does, lying. How, who's saying? Who's say, who says? I feel who like says? they are specifically run by numbers over there, man. Who 
says. You think I they're mean, like putting Coco Melon up there or Coco Malone or whatever? Like I'm just dude, planting the seed, Dude, Coco Melon is like, bro. Sean will learn in a year or two. Coco Melon is like every baby just watches yeah. that shit 24-7. So it's always on there. Have you read about how it's messing up their serotonin levels, though? No. Oh, no. <laughs> they're getting like dopamine hits from it. So they, they get like. They get like withdrawals when they can't watch it and stuff oh, like that. Oh shit! And then it like fucks up their, you know, this is deep, weirdo so, stuff. Don't make your kids watch Coco Melon. Make them watch Squid Game. Yep. Have them watch yes. a violent parable about um, how our class structure turns poor people against each other, and they literally start to murder each other. And they'll learn valuable lessons. Yeah, <laughs> will do. And you don't have to listen to those fucking songs. <laughs> I fucking love Squid Game. It was so. It was. I don't have anything smart to say about it. It was just like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. I liked it. I liked that, watching yeah. it. Liked it, it a lot. It, was, it, it felt like the other side of the blade of that Netflix where it's like, they just, their, their whole shotgun approach where it's like, so much comes out and like, you'll, and like, you'll never find out about it until hopefully someone like Allison writes about it and is like, hey, this is a thing worth watching. And you're like, oh shit, I didn't even, <laughs> this has all these people I like in it and it's made by someone I like and I still had no idea it came out because it just didn't show up on my algorithm for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. Netflix has quickly become too overwhelming for me. Yeah. Where yeah, I'm but it was hurt. so, it was literally like, I hadn't heard anything about Squid Game. And then I was like, whoa, like this Korean show is, says it's number one in the US. Like, that's yeah. weird. And then like a week later, it was still on there. And it, yeah. it was weird because that happened for like a week and a half before like all the press coverage started of like, there's this really popular show and it's really good. Like, it felt very, bottom up in a weird way yeah it did yeah we're like the people people started what people found it first weirdly yeah the and i it get like <laughs> if there if there's, there's any south korean like uh television show makers listening to this podcast and there probably are and you need someone to do <laughs> i say Ameri many many probably yeah. if you need someone to do an american dub let any of us know Come Let on. I got the voice for it. <laughs> It'd be fun. The voices of the American what are you dudes. crazy? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the American dub, and then there were the people on the show who were supposed to be American that's speaking That's what I'm talking English, about. I watched in South Korean. Those are the people I mean. I, I didn't watch the English language dub. I mean those people. Oh, man. It was, it was way off. It was the first time something was actually racist against white people. <laughs> first and last time. First and last time. It's the only time it's ever happened. <laughs> yeah, it's also like a show where it's it's weird. It's like hard to have smart things to say about it because it's literally like it's it is what it is. It's a really yeah. well-made thriller, but the fact that it became so big became this own story in itself of just like how we watch TV, how we find the TV we watch, For like sure. what kind of content people are willing to spend their time on. It was yeah, big big 2021 story for me. Big 2021. And uh in your third pick? Okay, well so this is actually what I thought you were going to say when you were saying you saw a movie not in a theater, but you thought they wanted you to. And yeah. that is Dune. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. That's the movie Sorry. I saw in the other yeah. one. Timothy yeah. Chalamet. Awesome. Um, yeah. I am not, I have not made it past book page 20 of the actual book. I'm not like a huge Dune head, but yeah. I am a huge <laughs> defender of Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> okay. um, from Denis Villeneuve. <laughs> 
Denis. Uh, yeah, like I love the big weird sci-fi he makes. I think he's incredibly good at like creating like physically tactile worlds where they yeah. don't like explain the rules for, to you at all, but you're like, oh, I see them like using that technology. Like I guess that's what they do. Or like I see those people are wearing that outfit. They must be like some weird sect I don't know about. And yeah. Like, Dune is this, like, legendarily convoluted and complicated and, like, over-explained lore that takes, like, multiple books. And I watched the movie, which is only supposed to be the first half of the book, which yeah. I also thought was really smart that they were just like, we're not we're not doing this in one go. Like, yeah. we're just yeah. – we're, we're setting our pace. And I was just so immersed in it. And I was like, I don't need to be told what's going on at all. I just feel like I'm in a completely – different place like i am not on planet earth i'm on arrakis yeah it was beautiful beautiful was, i saw it in imax it was that was the best movie experience i had this year like yeah. going, going into the movies and just seeing this big huge beautiful product it was i loved it i loved it so much I watched it at home, and when it was over, I was like, God damn it, Ian. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, we, we started to watch it. My boyfriend has a really good sound system, and it literally blew out the home sound system. <laughs> like, we had to stop because we were like, this broke the speakers. We need to give the speakers some time. But I saw it for the first time. I don't think it was IMAX, but I got to see it on the Warner Brothers lot, and, like, wow. I could I could feel my chair vibrate. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, four, four X, huh? Yep. <laughs> yeah, the, with the sand, the sandworms came out. And I was like, why am I all dusty? <laughs> and the fermen were like beautiful. It was just that, that movie. It, what a great, it's just a movie, man. That was a movie. So fucking good, man. Duncan Idaho is like the part Jason Momoa was born to play. He yeah. was just like the perfect like use of his charm and like brawn and all that shit. Like, Chalamet, like he should be playing. It was one of the first times he didn't get on my nerves. Yeah, right. And Chalamet should be playing life. a little space prince. Like his, he was born <laughs> to play a, a little fairy boy. <laughs> just a just a whimsical little space prince. You know what I mean? Like that's the, his face is mysterious little space prince, and he finally got to play it. Zendaya should be playing someone so beautiful that they can only exist on a desert planet. Like in the, the like all those yeah. worlds felt like they existed long before we got to them and will continue to exist long after we're done with them, uh, which I think is probably like a dumb way of saying what you were saying about Danny Villeneuve there. It just like everything felt lived in their mythologies felt like that shit exist. You know, like it was real, like the, the pain box and all that. Like, yeah. Like, I also thought it really did a really good job of like subtly telling you what the takeaway was supposed to be like opening with the voiceover that's literally like I'm a native person who lives on this planet everyone is like stripping our resources and is here out to get us and like the you know these are our oppressors I thought it was a really good way of being like this is not a white savior narrative but also yeah. like I'm I enjoyed like multiple Marvel movies I saw in theaters this year like no shade to them but I definitely think this was like oh like this is what blockbuster filmmaking can look like when you're allowed to have the color black in your mix. Yeah. God, <laughs> like, unreal. Yeah. Like, it just oh, looks man. so tactile and different, and, like, it didn't feel like everything was CGI, although I'm sure there was a ton of it in yeah. there. I was like, yeah, this is, like, why I want to go to the movie theater so I can see some, so I can, like, experience something that is just so not my everyday reality, and it really felt like they created a whole other set of planets. 
when they went yeah. to that fucking imperial army planet and like they were like that like all those uh uh like what are they just those like tribute you know what i mean what are that fuck man my brain is just like not working today the, i haven't like, seen it so they're all like sorry. bleeding out you and there's all those it, like Sean? soldiers there and there's that crazy dude up in the tower going like it's like skrillex assembled the big huge guy was great it was and amazing the stars <laughs> fucking uh stellan skarsgård played yeah. him the baron harkonnen that amazing. dude's so awesome stellan skarsgård Man, you Was would really like, you would yeah. really like it, Sean. Yeah, I'm Sean, sure. Go to your go to your local dispensary. Yeah. Um, acquire some some edible treats. Okay. Uh, find as good a sound system at home as you can because they put it on HBO Max. That was another thing. Was like it was literally you could watch it like the second it came out at home if you wanted to. And yeah. like a lot of people went to go see it in a movie theater. Yeah, even still, I should have been one of them. <laughs> Fucking idiot. I, I waited to watch it. That's why it was like out of theaters by the time I right right uh, finally got around to it. Yeah, and I was like, Denis Villeneuve oh. is going to personally show up to your home and just shake his head and wordlessly walk away. I will. I will apologize the whole time. I'll apologize him and send him on his way with a nice chablis. Uh, Sean Jordan, <laughs> time for your third pick. I uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. I didn't see a lot of movies. I I more tv just because it was in smaller doses which mm -hmm. is much easier with a kid because instead of being like two hours i could feel like half hour i'm gonna stay with tv i know this is my third television show mm -hmm. but i watched tv uh and i'm gonna pick pen 15 i love that oh, show. Yeah. oh okay i, I love it. it i probably wasn't it. gonna get picked but it's i don't know especially this season was the right amount of seriousness where it because it's very funny but it there was so many real episodes this season dealing with like the divorce there was a divorce there was young like sexual awakenings which is a very real awkward thing and you look at it and you're like oh my gosh because i was figuring things out when i was pretty young like younger than most i think and so watching them deal with that well yeah, it's like the most polite way to brag, say it <laughs> no it wasn't it's disgusting <laughs> but it's it's true so like uh, the last episode where Maya was dealing with like, you know, blowing that guy. I don't know if you guys have seen it or not, but she's like, she's a eighth grader, I think. And he's a freshman. And it's just, they do this scene so well. And you're like, oh my God. And then she goes in the bathroom and kind of cries. But it's just like how people figure things out is that way, unfortunately. Now it's probably different because there's porn and stuff. But I know there was porn back then, but it wasn't so readily accessible. Yeah, so now, yeah, I think... I don't know. It was just a really good show. And it's just, they're just so funny. Uh, and they also capture that age. Like, so much of watching that show is just that feeling of like, oh, I remember eighth grade. It's, it's oh. shocking how good they are at it, too. Like, Maya and Anna, the main kid, like, they're in their, are they mid-30s? And they just are fantastic at playing two girls in middle school. I don't know how they do it, but they just nail it. And then it's so nuanced every their ums and their awkward like looking down and moving their feet just the way you did they make you nervous to talk to a boy it's just i don't know it's fantastic i mean this as the highest compliment i could possibly give them i cannot watch that show like it is too close to home it is too uncomfortable like i i was a girl in eighth grade of it course. was not a happy time in my life although i don't i don't trust you if like middle school was a was a good 
peaceful time for you. No. That's not, yeah. it's not supposed to be. But All I those, mean. Every hot kid in middle school should die. People say that about high school. I sincerely enjoyed high school. Middle school is a fucking nightmare for me. It was the worst. It's just terrible. And yeah. I think with Pen15, like, it is that is a testament to like how completely they evoke that time in your life. And like, yeah. I was like, there's shit that I repress. Like, I tamped that down. That has been in a dusty filing cabinet in the back <laughs> of my cerebellum for oh, man. 20 years. And um, like, I remember it was it's a season two episode, like the one where they convince themselves that they have like magic witch powers. And yeah. I was like, so awesome. I fuck, like that fucking happened to me. And I did not <laughs> think of that as like a common experience because <laughs> you're just well, like so it. hopped up. You're like partly a kid who still does fantasy, but you're also an adult who can or like you're looking into the adult world. So you're really vulnerable and you're you just become so acutely aware of your peers judgment because that's how you get a sense of who you are that's and when i figured it all out like i was a bully in middle school for a while i was bullied you know like i was it's tough because i'm pretty nice now but like i i had a year in middle school where i was just a dick <laughs> and it sucks i hate thinking about that but you form who you are and that's where i did it was in middle school i mean it's just a time where like all your worst instincts are just like validated by everyone around you because no one knows better like yeah. I, That's what this, it was. The show just really gets that, and they did an amazing job. Yep, absolutely. Pen fifteen. Pen fifteen. Third. It's pick. penis. You see. I yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's yeah, a yeah. penis. Penis. David Boyd, time for your third pick. I am going to take. Uh, this is hard. Hold on. Let me double check the. Date on this. I feel like I passed my first three picks, so the next two I can. I don't know. Hopefully, you hopefully should pick strive them. to be yourself I'm, every time we draft, and not worry about what anyone yeah, else thinks. Yeah, fuck everybody. Well, I like to fit the parameters. I mean, I don't like to. You know, I want to use the parameters. Yeah, I'm out here, man. Vocab, pop <laughs> culture. That's me since I'm a dad. That's my vocabulary for pop culture. Uh, I'm taking the Montero video. Oh, yeah. All right. Give Satan a lap dance. Yeah, man, because that was like that. I was still on Twitter then, and it was just like I got so deep into that whole just watching. I just haven't seen anything that divisive in a long time. People yeah. were going, "What is it?" Ancient. I don't know what you're talking about. The Lil Nas X video. Oh, that yeah, that's what that's. It was Montero was the song or something. Yeah, was, yeah. Call me by your name. I think totally. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, that dude is yeah, sexy. Yeah, man. It was just like it's that thing where you just like you realize where we're at and just like how Christian of a place this is, and like people. Were, I just love seeing people go ape shit about uh -huh. some some stuff like that, and it was like. It was very graphic, but yeah, it who was, cares? It was just another sign of the. It was like, it was just like, man, this would not be so huge if we were not in lockup. And Lil Nas X is a goat at the internet. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know dude. what I mean. He's <laughs> so good at it, and it was just yeah, it was amazing. Amazing. Well, first of all, I just realized that I just said the words like give Satan a lap dance and Sean did not know what I was talking about. So um, <laughs> <laughs> it's maybe not <laughs> the best first impression. But uh, yeah, I also thought like 
It very much felt like Lil Nas X obviously like exploded onto the scene with Old Town Road, is very good at the internet, has definitely been like present, but Montero and that whole album release cycle definitely felt like, oh no, this guy is like a pop star now. Like he's yeah. making albums, yeah, sure. he is making music videos, like he's going to be an ongoing concern <laughs> that you should know about and pay attention <laughs> an to. Ongoing concern for my uncle Steve. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> is he the is he the Provax uncle or the anti? He's the Provax, but he's anti okay. most other stuff. So it's like, yeah, I could see him being like, oh, he is vaccinated. Well, I guess all right. I guess I can listen to a little Nas X song. We, I think most people thought that dude was Aqua. Thought he was one hit wonder. <laughs> thought it was oh, like, yeah, for sure. Silly was, shit. It, felt so, it was really fun, but it felt so gimmicky where you're like, okay, this is. Yeah. I didn't even know what he looked like because I was like, this song is dope, but I, this is probably all I'm going to hear of this dude. I, I had no idea. He is amazing. So it, yeah. just such a crazy entree to someone who would become one of the biggest pop stars in the world, at least in yeah. America anyway. And it's like, you know, not for nothing, just that representation of like, there hasn't been like a major like gay black video like you know what i mean like it yeah. was it was awesome it was just yeah it was so big for so many reasons and just so polarizing he's so polarizing he's so good at getting people talking it it's it wait he's gay nice to see a provocation okay you really have oh, okay. seen a video <laughs> i don't want <laughs> you can't joke about that when you when you didn't know he made a video when he was giving a lap dance to Satan. anything is believable yeah, he made a single called Call Me By Your Name about how much he loves his girlfriend. <laughs> I would have believed you thought we were talking about Nas. <laughs> yeah, he's like, wait. You're Nas telling is me a he... child? His name is Lil Nas? Lil Nas? You're like a little penny Nas situation. Nas gave the devil a lap dance. <laughs> Illmatic grinding on the baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, man. That's, it, was just, it was just a really... And it was just that time that we're all inside. It was just, yeah, just another thing that felt so this year. And like this weird feeling that we have in the country of like old guard, nude guard. You know, you know what I mean? Like, it yeah, was, it, it was just it was it was really interesting. Did you mean to say old guard, nude, nude guard? guard? I heard nude guard. Yeah, that's, I, also, that's even truer. Yeah, that's yeah. what I meant. Nude guard. Hell yeah. <laughs> the nipple, baby. Um. Yeah, it's nice that provoca like provocateurs can still exist in art, and that like trolling hasn't completely become like a a a tool of like people on Twitter and shit. And you know? also, quite honestly, a lot of time I find provocateurs kind of like annoying. Like it, like it's I always get it, but it's it's rare. I'm I'm always like I don't I didn't need this point dri driven home, but the way he does it, it I like it. I think yeah, I think it's great. Doesn't hurt that the music's good. Yeah. Um, time for my third pick. And now I'm going to take uh, something that also exists in the world of music, but way older. I'm taking the Get Back documentary. Yeah. I still haven't watched still it. I still haven't watched it, man. It's, I gotta watch Was it everything stuff. you wanted it to be? It was. I bet it's so good. I, I mean, this is a common thing. The Beatles have, there hasn't been a time since I've been like, capable of making my own music choices that the Beatles haven't been my favorite band. They remain it and they were and like have been the entire time. I fucking love them. And this felt like watching like if it was it'd be like watching Michelangelo paint the Sistine Chapel. You know what I mean? And like and there's like video footage of that cut together by like a master. You know who also loves it. It was yeah. 
fucking amazing. It made me see each of the four Beatles like in a different way that made them all didn't make any of them look bad at all, but kind of like was clarifying. Like I, when you first see Paul McCartney, when like you're a kid you, and you listen to the songs he sings, they're like, oh, he's like the silly, you know, like baby faced one who's like kind of jolly and like and not very self-serious. And then you watch this documentary and he's like this like type A, like really regimented about how like they put music out and the Beatles probably wouldn't have done their last two or three albums without him being like, all right, we need to like stop John, put down the fucking heroin and like pick up a guitar <laughs> and we need to like make these, these albums. Uh, it was just amazing. And like, if you would have told me I'd be watching something that was eight hours, you know, and it wasn't like an episodic TV show, I'd be like, no way. And then I watched this and I was like, is that how long it is? It's eight hours. Yeah. And it's Whoa. three parts. So every part is almost three hours. I mean, the reaction I kept hearing to it, including for myself, was just like, I cannot believe that this exists. Like, yeah. like the fact that it's eight hours is obviously really intimidating. But then you watch it and you realize like that the best parts are the parts in between the like big performances where you're just watching like four dudes hang out in a space yeah. and just like shoot the shit and like kind of fuck up and kind of get annoyed at each other. And you just see like all the idle chill moments where you really see like how they were as people in the world and not these icons. And like, you do get insane moments like Paul just coming up with get back, like off yeah. the top of his head. Um, but you also just get these like little moments of reflection. Like there's a really crazy part where, um, you know, in the sessions that they're talking about, the, the thesis of the documentary is basically like they're they're recording their last album. These sessions go down in history as supposedly being like just awful and full of fighting. And then you just see that it's a lot more complicated than that. And they're definitely growing apart, but they're not like at each other's throats or anything. It's much more like them kind of all understanding like, OK, we, we've grown up. We're not teenagers anymore. We all kind of want to go our separate ways. Yeah. But then Paul is talking about that and he's like, first of all, like we don't have an adult in the room who's bigger than all of us to like sit us down and be like, you all need to do work because their their Cause manager died. Yeah. The manager died. And then he's also just like talking about there's a lot of them talking about how people talk about them. Like there's a moment where they they take a tabloid story and they just start like screaming them as lyrics while they're playing music. But then Paul is like, yeah, it's so stupid. Like you, I'm sure in 50 years, they're all going to say like, we broke up because Yoko was here and sat on an amp. And like, obviously that's not what happened. And then you're like, 50 years later, you're like, that's what everyone said happened. <laughs> that's what everyone said. <laughs> but there's a scene where Paul's like, he, he just wants to spend more time with his old lady. I get it. You know what I mean? When the for the longest time they were like, Yoko broke up the Beatles. And there's Paul like understanding that his lifelong friend, John, just like met this woman he wants to spend all his time with. And how he thinks that's great. You know what I mean? Or not great, but not bad. I mean, it's it's a thing about how these guys who met when they were teenagers and, like, didn't have families, like, became adults together. And it's not just Yoko. Like, Linda's there. Mm -hmm. Like, it's they're all getting life partners and they're all exploring solo projects. And it's just like, yeah, like we're grown men. We kind of don't want to be in a boy band anymore. Although it's, it's insane because like, I think they're 25 to 28. And yeah, just being like, <laughs> like this man is like three years younger than me. And he's like writing the most iconic piece of music. Anyone's ever um, seen. Don't ever, don't ever put the timeline on yourself. It's yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, they all, they all look older because they all have crazy facial hair. Yeah. <laughs> so you're like, I thought, I thought Paul McCartney was 35. Like, look at that beard. He's always looked 35 up until I think when he was like 60. They, uh, also, there's hilarious moments like when Peter Sellers, the great comic actor, shows up and they just don't give a fuck. And then he like shuffles out. I think probably because they God, were either on or hung over from like amphetamines. But like Peter Sellers just shows up. I think thinking something's going to happen because he's going to be in this movie with like Ringo Starr and then nothing happens. Then he just leaves the fucking fact that they had a microphone in the flower pot and heard like John and Paul having this candid conversation about right after George Harrison quit the band. And like, it's just it's it has anything I ever would have wanted. It was totally so fucking good. Hell yeah. And it, it made me love the Beatles even more like and which I didn't think was possible. Shout out to Sue Carmel for getting me into the Beatles yes, yeah. on that road trip up uh, California. So that's my uh, third pick. My fourth pick. Ooh. Man, this is tough. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to pick. pick. I, got, I got two that are sum me up pretty goddamn well for the next two. I'm going to go music uh, on this one, and I'm going to take... Sour by Olivia Rodrigo. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you got to just Temecula's her. own. Temecula's own. Is that where she's from? She's from Temecula. She's from the place where Ariana Grande licked the donut. She <laughs> broke this year. I did not know that until I was doing this. Olivia Rodrigo broke this year. That yeah. seems like it was a decade ago. Because she's had... She, s- it I might have... Know. Did it start this year? Did Driver's License start on TikTok this it did. year? Driver's License came out in January. Yeah. It's Amazing. crazy. That's insane that to me. that song to like that song was is so fucking good. It is. And it's a high school kid pouring her heart out because she got dumped. And you're like, man, I, I don't want to say thank you. Much like the guy who broke Adele's heart. You're like, that yeah. sucks. But thank you. Because this it's song. It's one of those songs you want to sing so hard in the car that you're like, you're afraid you might pass out. When <laughs> yeah, you, Red <laughs> light, stop, stop. And you're like, man, it like, kind of like. It's like what you were talking about with uh, Pen15 a little bit, where it transports you back to like middle school or high school, but in For a sure. good way. Like in those like pure, you know, like when you're when you're that young, the floor is lower, but the ceiling is also higher emotionally. Yeah. And uh-huh. it like takes you to both of those places. Um, and then like Good For You is such a fucking banger. That's the one. I love that song. Uh, well, that yeah. was the crazy thing was like driver's license breaks out and like it's really good but it's kind of a ballad like it doesn't give it as much of a sign of like what our sound is going to be and then good for you comes out and you're like did you listen to blink 182 like (laughs) were you a paramour kid and then you find out that her producer is like 34 or whatever and you're like oh it's so cool that like millennials are now old enough that they are the people in the booth for those things and you see like pop punk is no longer like this niche thing that we all listen to while like loitering at the mall. It's like we're putting sounds of that in the biggest pop album of the year. And like, I'm sure Olivia Rodrigo didn't grow up with that as much, but she heard that and was like, yeah, this is catchy. Like, I'm going to put yeah. that in my single. Damn right. I mean, the, pop punk is like, it's hidden with the kids. This, this pick could have easily been like pop punk because it is like from like totally 
there's so many different bands that are like 22 year olds that are like doing a lot of like pop punk inflected stuff right now and it's good for you could be like my walkout music if i was an mma fighter it gets me that jacked where i just be like yeah let's go let's do it i want to fuck somebody up (laughs) you're gonna get beat up dude if you're walking out to olivia rodrigo (laughs) on the way there they just i get stopped and beat up it would have been brutal out there for you. <laughs> Guess that therapist uh, I found for you. She really yeah. helped. Ah, there we go. Uh, yeah, it's just, it, it's fucking, it's fucking fantastic. And I realize like she's given all these other people like writing credits so as to not get sued because some of her music sounds like other people's music, which just speaks to how weird the music industry is right now. Cause like, I don't know what do you, like every there's only so many notes and you can only put them together in so many different ways. And I feel like she really, I don't know. I really like as a huge fan of like the music that she has allegedly like ripped off. I'm like, I don't know. It didn't, it felt influenced, but killing it to me, killing it to me too. I can't, I can't wait for more music from Olivia Rodrigo. And I thought fucking sour just fucking ruled. It was like Mm -hmm. music. You just want to turn up real loud and blast while you're driving around. And I'll sign up for that every single time. Yep. Every single time. Yep. Um, David, time for your fourth pick. I think that I am. This is another. This is another one of those things that I wasn't that invested. I wasn't that invested in in it until it came to a head. But it was just like, as far as throughout the culture, it was just a really interesting to wa- thing to watch. I'm taking uh, the whole free Britney movement. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that was just like, it's fucking wild, man. You know what I mean? Like, whoa, what a crazy. And then to see the podcast and then like everything, like it felt like they freed her. It felt like the fans got it done for her. They took it across the goal line. And it was just a really amazing thing to see. And just such a strange case of like what celebrity is and like how trapped these people can be. It was really, really wild. It was great. I was invested heavily because that, like Britney Spears and like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, that was the first pop music that I made up my mind that I liked. Because before that, Mm. it was all rap, like Dre and Snoop, and I just would not have anything else. So when that came out, I was like, oh, I love love pop music, apparently, because I love this song and the way Britney Spears sounds. And then to find out she was in so much trouble, you're like, oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know she was getting screwed over so bad. So it was nice to... I guess nice to see it uh, get solved or get resolved. It was wild how fast it happened. Like, I remember... Nobody knew what a conservatorship was, and then all of a sudden she's out of it. Well, that was the weird thing, is I definitely was aware that it was a thing, and it was not normal how long it lasted. Like, my friend used to be a lawyer, and I remember her being like, that kind of setup is supposed to be when you, like, cannot form a full sentence, and you're being wheeled into the hospital, and it's supposed to... stop as soon as you like wake up and can just do basic functioning and the fact that someone has been in that for over a decade while they're like headlining a Vegas show doesn't yeah. make any fucking sense but it was much more of a like oh like that's weird that's still going on and then like it's built over the years like the conspiratorial like reading right. of the emojis in her Instagram captions and then that documentary came out and all the court dates happen and it was like oh shit like this is real it's terrible and also the public scrutiny was enough to end it. Also, tying it with Insecure, the judge in that case is Prentice Penny's mom. No which is fucking so way. so crazy, <laughs> <Really>? right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't really know what to make of that. Right? It's, it's like, it's, you, 
you can't even make anything of it. It's just so weird. But you're just like, I can't believe the world is that small. But yeah, I mean, also just watching her like come out and finally be able to like speak for herself publicly. Have you seen that video of her where she it's just like a video of her on Instagram and she's just going like, fuck, shit. Yeah. Balls, yeah. Motherfucker. And you're like, oh, yeah, she just like hasn't been allowed to yeah. say things in public for 13 years. That's crazy. That's it went insane. from this it went from this weird like half uh Da Vinci code, half like you know social justice thing that like where it started out with people reading those emojis and everything and then like the people who were into her are like, "No, this is fucking real. This is a real fucking" mm-hmm. and then blew up. It was so amazing. Yeah, it was just wild to see. It was just it was just really interesting. It was, and if you like either zoom out or zoom in, I'm not sure what this is. Probably zoom in. Like, it's a look at like both the light and the dark sides of fandom, too, because they like helped get her out of this conservatorship. And then, but then you look at uh, who are the women that get it's Babs Gray, right? And Tess Barker, like who had the uh-huh. yeah, had like these people like then pile who just were like leading this thing, had people then piling on them, you know what I mean? For like now you're exploiting Britney, and it's like, no, we were trying to help you like kind of thing so they mm-hmm. like started catching shit for it too and it's like oh man fandom can really spiral out of control fandom you forget that that shit is short for fanatic man yeah well, it's also like there's been so much in the past few years like looking back on the 90s and the 2000s and being like yeah it was really fucked up how we treated like everyone from Marsha clark to janet jackson mm-hmm. and it felt like such a like concrete oh, yeah version of that where it's like we mistreated this person because we put them in a very particular arrangement and now that we've come back and seen that we did it wrong we've undone this thing yeah and it was a very like complete story yeah of like conservatorship starts conservatorship ends and it's gonna be wild to see like what she does now that uh-huh. yeah i mean some of the stuff that the conservatorship meant in terms of her daily reality it's like it's one thing to sort of no, like she's not in control of herself, but have her be like, I can't go to an ATM and like withdraw money. Like I can't get married. I can't, you know, these like things that you take for granted is just like a person yeah. who is their own legal entity mm-hmm. just weren't in the cards for her. And now she has them. Also That's shout amazing. out to Janet Jackson. I just rewatched that thing. Makes it really hard to like Justin Timberlake, you know? Dude, a lot of stuff does. It's like he, there was a radio show. It might have been that interview or on the documentary, but there was a radio show where Justin Timberlake's on there and it was just some guy being like, yeah, number one single, let's cut to the chase. Did you fuck Britney Spears? And it's like, what? That, and of, <laughs> that's crazy. And then he just giggles or whatever instead of being like, why would you ask me that? You know, yeah. you like to think if you were on that show, you'd be like, what does that have to do with anything? That's private. But then he's just like, giggling basically saying yeah you know i did it's like god damn it it's wild one guy is the villain of like two of the biggest (laughs) pop stars it's like god damn i remember the janet jackson thing you're like he that upset me immediately and i i don't know anyway yeah yeah, it does i felt like that at the i felt that like that at the time where i was just like oh you got nothing to say about this immediately he yeah it was was handled poorly i don't know yeah, you're right. That sucks. But that's not that's neither here nor there. Free Britney. Excellent yeah. pick. pick. <laughs> Sean, we will get to your fourth pick right after this short break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, listen, we all have things that stress us out. If you don't, then hit me in the DMs. Let me know your secret. I have been trying my whole life to figure out what to do about that. 
We keep them bottled up. You know, it starts to affect you negatively. I don't care who you are. It just does. You take it out on people. Uh, you know, one, one day it's like the dishes are piling up or whatever. And then you're having a, you're having a fight over parking space. It just, they bottle up and they come out in negative ways. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest. You can figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Everybody has things that bother them. It could be your best friend in the world. It could be your partner. There's always stuff. That's just human nature. And you don't want to bottle it up. You want to tell people. Sometimes you don't want to tell the person because it doesn't really matter that much, you know, but you want to tell someone. You want to feel like you've been heard. I live in the world. I get how it is. And telling someone, it's always the best. What do you, you know what I mean? You call your best friend, you vent a little bit. You had a rough day at work, you vent. That's what therapy is. It's just somebody who lets you vent and they don't need to vent themselves. Come on, it's perfect. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is done entirely online, like a ton of things these days. It's extremely convenient. You don't got to get up. You don't got to go to the office. You don't got to sit in traffic. You just sit there on the laptop. It's convenient for you. It's flexible. We all got different schedules. You know, you're working nights. They want to work with you. They can help you out. They suit to your schedule. You just go out, you fill out a brief questionnaire. Uh, you get matched with a licensed therapist. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Sometimes you don't get the right fit right away. They want it to work just as bad as you want it to work. So give it a try. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash allfantasy today to get 10% off of your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash allfantasy. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. And we're back. Welcome back to All Fantasy Everything, a podcast already in progress. We're about to get to Sean Jordan's fourth pick in the 2021 pop culture draft. I rented out a movie theater with my friend Nick Nampay and a few other sordid characters. Uh, all of Trailblazing was there, I believe. And this, to me, was one of the biggest moments in pop culture. To me, and I think for Ian as well, but Mortal Kombat. Watching Mortal Kombat in the movie theater. Dude, I was so pumped. It's like they made that movie for me. I've always <laughs> wanted a remake. I've always wanted them to do it with like better effects. And that was the first thing that I really did during COVID where I was like, we're doing something. We're going to do something. So we rented out a theater and watched Mortal Kombat. And it was perfect. It was perfect. I still haven't seen it, but I love you. Oh, and I my support God. Really? <laughs> yeah. You still haven't seen it? Oh, I haven't my seen it either. <laughs> Oh man. I'm a real like coastal elite critic right now. I'm Does sorry. Not, that's okay. I did not this is this is but this is me shining through. For me, an absolute defining moment of pop culture for this year was seeing Mortal Kombat, seeing the trailer, just being like, well, that's it's entourage with ninjas, you know? And like <laughs> it's like I think that they, was getting engaged right around that time, and it would have been a hard sell. <laughs> oh, you know what we should do is go like, sorry, I didn't see I was busy experiencing true love. <laughs> I just think it would have been tough to be like, so uh, we're going to get married soon. Anyway, I'm taking off. I'm going to go watch Mortal Kombat. That's what I went like three weeks before Maxine was born. That's what I was like. I'm going to rent a theater for a little too much money and uh, go with one. For, well, go. we probably went 10 of us and uh, 
It's like I'm gonna go watch Mortal Kombat in Vancouver. <laughs> was, was it a, was it a little more than you wanted? No, it was two hundred bucks. It was oh, very reasonable. Very yeah, reasonable. You get ten people. That's twenty dollars a person. I was actually shocked. We I didn't. I can't remember exactly how it got handled, but I was like, no, I I got. I mean, I'm happy just to pay this. I would have gone by myself. If I would have known that earlier on in, during COVID, I think I would have done it quite a few times. But then we ha- you know, had Max and then it's harder to be like, I'm going to go light 200 bucks on fire tonight. It's different. <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, to me, it was great. I'm glad you liked it because I feel like video game adaptations in particular have a really bad rap. And like that, I've heard there good things about. A lot about. of them are pretty bad. Well, there's that, and then there's the the League of Legends show on Netflix, Arcane. I've heard is like amazing. So I'm glad that yeah. like we seem to have collectively figured out how to make it not fucking terrible. <laughs> it was, you know, it was. If you want it to be bad, it's going to be bad. I <laughs> I want to. I went in clear eyes, full hearts, and I was like, this is going to be good. And it was good. But you have to want it to be good. You can't be looking for plot holes. You can't be looking for amazing acting. You, you just can't because you're going to be bummed. Sean is like, money. if you don't like a movie, that's on you, bro. <laughs> that's, that's your fault. I might as well get a shirt that says that or something. It seriously is. When people don't like movies, I'm like, eh, it was fun. It's, you know, let yourself have fun. That's what Mortal Kombat is. You have to want to like it. And if you do... And if your heart is pure, you're going to like it. I love it. That was dope. And if your heart is pure, <laughs> and if your blood is pure, yeah. <laughs> meet me on the 6th. It was funny because I was sitting up in the balcony and everybody else was down at the bottom. I was like, this is my movie theater. <laughs> like, oh, it was, a, it was a two-tier. You oh, went. baby. $100 a level. You know how it goes. They call it Mezzanine Jordan. Yeah, man. Yeah, a lot of people do. All right, Mortal Kombat. Allison, time for your fourth and your final picks. Okay, I get to close it out. Or I get to close my picks out. Uh, All right, so for number four, I'm going to go for uh, The Ringer's number one television show of 2021, as selected by me and my colleague, Miles Surrey. And that was The White, The White Lotus on HBO. Dialogue, dialogue, dialogue. Dialogue, acting, acting. Acting. Uh, Mike White doing his thing. Um, Yeah, so I mean, for those who don't know, it's a six-episode limited series that was on HBO, but the backstory to me was really cool, which is that Mike White is this guy who makes, like, cool indie movies no one sees and made a show for HBO called Enlightened starring Laura Dern 10 years ago that, you know, got canceled after two seasons and he hasn't been able to get anything made since then. Um, He's talked to the press about how he wrote a show for Jennifer Coolidge where she's, like, trapped in Sri Lanka that sounded amazing and I'm very sad we haven't gotten to see it yeah and then the pandemic happened and apparently he's a reputation for being able to write really quickly and HBO was like oh shit we need shows and so they just went to him and were like can you write something that works for you know pandemic protocols and he was like sure and I think if I'm getting this right it was literally like they talked to him in like August and they were like on set and shooting in October which is crazy. crazy. And like, what's crazy is the show is so like cohesive and considered and does not feel like it was slapped together at all. 
Like, oh yeah, yeah. It's set, it's set it in a Hawaiian resort, so that was kind of the COVID solve. Is like it's all going to be one location. It's a that pretty small. Show. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. Okay. Steve Zahn. <laughs> I, I didn't watch it. Laura watched the first episode, and I was like, "But you love Zahn." I do love Zahn. I never finished it. I love Connie Britton too. You're, you're love a zombie, Connie dude. Yeah, I'm a zombie. And Connie, and you, yeah, yeah, you're a loyal yeah. uh, citizen of Britannia. I can't believe you didn't watch it. Great Britain, dude. I go there all the time. So yeah. the. For Sean's benefit, I won't spoil what happens, but it's one of those shows where it starts with a dead body, which I feel like a lot of shows do. And you're like, oh, like, who? what happened? Who died? And then you keep watching and you're like, I don't even care because these characters are just so well drawn and it's so funny. And it's such a good satire of rich white people on vacation in a, mm-hmm. you know, basically a colony like um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I think it, it got some flack for like, def, it's definitely from the perspective of the rich white people because Mike White is one of them and owns a house in a Kauai. But like, I think that's what makes it so good at, at making fun of them because it, it knows what it's talking about. And all of these characters are so like, all the guests are terrible, but you you understand why they are the way they are and they, they're allowed to have their own problems and all the workers are, you know, being fucked over, but they also are kind of low-key terrible. Murray mm-hmm. Bartlett, I thought, was so good as, like, the the concierge, basically, of the hotel or the manager who... Oh, he was so good. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, there, so there are no good. bad performances. I remember in the middle of the season, just, like, to fuck around in the middle of my workday, I was like, what are your top three White Lotus performances? And every single person was named at some point like natasha yeah. rothwell speaking of insecure right. yeah, is yeah. fucking great like jake lacy yeah. who everyone knows is the nice guy is so good as a total asshole and it resolved really satisfyingly because it was coming out week to week like i feel like people really got into it the theme song slaps yeah uh, just so good on so many levels yeah i fucking loved i every second of watching that show i enjoyed there was a minute, though, I, I guess I did think it, there was like a minute where I was like, is this good or does everybody say this is good? Like after the first two episodes, I couldn't really tell because I could, And then I was like, by I think the third or fourth episode, I was like fully in on it. But I think I did have a moment of skepticism. I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, that was one of those things where like they let, they let all the critic the critics have the whole thing in advance, which like usually for like mayor of east town or whatever like big little eyes they usually like save the last episode because they're like we don't want you to like spoil what happens but yeah being able to watch all of it like in i think i watched it in like one or two days because i was like oh shit like this is really good i'm gonna i'm gonna shotgun all this and i was like oh yeah like the whole thing works like there was no doubt in my mind of like oh maybe like it's building to something but i don't know if it's gonna stick the landing it was like nope top to bottom 100 percent turf to burden Turp to burn. Turp to burn. And your final pick? Uh, for my final pick, uh, to close out our second year of the pandemic, I am going to pick, uh, I think, the best piece of art that was made partly about it, which is Bo Burnham's Inside. Um, ah. That dude is a genius. Like, I know I literally just said I don't usually go for musical anything, and I'm also <laughs> usually not a musical comedy person. But... Yeah, like I, every time I engage with Bo Burnham before, I was, I would always like watch his specials and be like, you know, like I can respect that this guy's really good at what he does. I'm, I was never like a hardcore fan. I loved eighth grade. Oh, yeah. And I watched this and I was like, 
it like destroyed me. I was like, this is this is how I feel as someone who has been shut inside for a year plus at this point. It's how I feel as like a person who grew up on the internet and whose brain is just like permanently warped by it. Um, it was also just such a cool like, you know, when he's not just by himself in front of an audience, he's a director. So he's able to just do a lot visually with just like himself in a confined space that was so yeah. impressive. I listen to the soundtrack all the time. It stick it stuck with me more than anything else I watched this year, I think. I haven't seen it. I didn't see I can't. it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I know yeah, I'm I wrong. See it. I, I should I should. I don't I don't I don't I don't to be fair, I haven't seen any comedy specials. I have I didn't watch any in either the past, this year. like seven years. I'll back you up, Allison. It was great. It was a really great special. Okay, I, yeah, I'm I've glad heard I have nothing a good but good things. I've heard amazing I've heard things. Nothing but good things about it. And is I will, that like I, a? I don't want to like get any influence, so no one can say I stole anything. No, not, or? No. not at no, all. No, no, I just no. get sick of comics. Yeah, <laughs> I like Bo Burnham a lot personally, yeah, and totally. his work. And like, I just can't, couldn't bring myself to watch something about the pandemic. Yeah, I think it's like kind of oversold how much it is about the pandemic, including yeah. like I'm I'm totally guilty of that. But there's a lot of it that's just like a standalone comic premise. Like there's a whole song that's like making fun of the idea of comedians who as people who can make a difference. And there's like a whole song about like white girls on Instagram. And like a lot of it is just like its own standalone thing. But just it really like builds like it feels like it has a cohesive arc and like yeah. he's such a good performer i also really fucking respect that he was just like here is my special i'm not saying anything about it i'm barely going to promote it and i am not giving any interviews goodbye <laughs> amazing that's great <laughs> which you know i mean like selfishly i would i would love the opportunity to talk to him about what was going <laughs> on gnarly. there but i can also respect that he was like nope it's it's just going out there and you're just going to deal with whatever it is. I'm going to watch it. This was the final thing that pushed me over the edge. I'm going to watch it. <laughs> okay, let me know. I will. Uh, Sean Jordan, time for your final pick. Let me know if I can pick this. I think it's okay. pop culture, but it's also sports. Skateboarding the Olympics? Yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Olympics were on TV. I yeah, mean, it's yeah. like, I've just skateboarding. It's like a, you know, more of a pop culture thing than like basketball. I don't know. But anyway, to me, that was a pop culture thing. It was just, everybody was talking about it. Obviously, I was very excited about it. I got to watch skateboarding on the Olympics. It was very fun. I got to watch it live. Thrilled about it. Who's the young man from Japan who won the gold medal? What's his name again? Yuto Horigome. Yeah. He beat... <laughs> It's it's bummer because you realize Nyjah had like all this pressure put on him and like say what you will about him, but whatever. He, you know, I don't say anything. You're the one who hates him. I don't hate him. It's just he seems like he's. Uh, I think you kind of hate he him. He seems like a like a dickhead. I don't, you know, but he's had a rough life. So anyway, he was like all this pressure to win the Olympics, and then he didn't make the finals, and the kid from Japan won, which was very nice because you know I think I think he's from there. Like I think it's his hometown. So. That was pretty nice. cool to like win the Olympics in your hometown. It was pretty cool. Is it like figure skating where they like judge? It's not it's not like an objective competition. There has to be someone who's like 8.9. Yeah, or they get it... scores. Yeah, they get scores. So were, were you like happy with the with the results? You thought they, yeah. they judged it's well? It's always pretty clear. It's always pretty clear who wins. You know, okay. you could you could tell you'd be like, if you skate, you could be like, yeah, they they're going to win. They did. You know, they did the best. So it was great. It was fair. Pretty nuts that the Olympics were this summer, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, that didn't leave a fucking print at all. It really, it's like, you're like, yeah, okay. They, I remember when they're on and I was like, man, 
I just don't care. There's another Olympics in like four months. Yeah. yeah. Like. Oh, that makes that's true. Yeah, the I mean, the Olympics, thing, dude. these Olympics for me were like the TikTok Olympics were because there were all these the athletes had to be in quarantine and all of them were bored. And so they would all just be like, look at this weird food I have to eat or look like at these beds. Look at the I'm beds. Do They're a made dance. out of cardboard. <laughs> yeah. So I really liked experiencing the Olympics that way. Yeah. Anyway, skating in the Olympics. Fantastic. David Bohr, your final pick. This one hurts me, but <laughs> I am picking the Suns in four guy. Oh, yeah, dude. Suns in four. It was just like, if you're not a sports fan, you didn't see it. Uh, obviously, I love the Nuggets. It was just such a like, it was so weird. They were buying him tickets. He got to go to like, like, it was just crazy. Well, tell the story of who he is first so there were some some it was a nuggets game uh the nuggets sun series uh if you didn't watch it it doesn't matter how it ended it's you know both teams played great games it's disputed it's a lost history how the series ended who knows what happened to the nuggets that's for the myth makers it, to tell mm -hmm. that's listen Jokic is incredible we can all stand behind that uh and uh, these these two punk really punk kids kind of from what i could tell from the video started a fight with this guy in the stands a son's fan a son's fan it was two on Probably one started my algorithm right there <laughs> yeah it was two on one they were taking cheap shots at the guy the guy gets the one kid and just kind of not like aggressively violently but definitely punches him in the face and then yells sons and four <laughs> and Everybody loved him. The Suns loved him. They were flying him to games. Yeah. He was just like this huge guy. And the kids were such punks. Like if you see the other Sons videos they made where they were in the parking lot, like pretending like they beat the guy up. It's just like, fuck those kids. That's what this, not what this organization is about. But it was just like for like two weeks. It's all I saw. It was yeah. all I saw everywhere. Sons and four, sons and four. Love it. And it was just like a really funny one of those sports moments, one of these guys who, not an all-an-athlete, and it hurts because, you know, those guys were from Denver. It's uh, Yeah. Listen, this shit heads from everywhere, man. Exactly. 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 It's <laughs> I'm not sure, all. Yeah. It's not, it's, this is why it's good that we have fans back in the stands so yes, you can have exactly. these moments. Exactly. Because basketball without fans in the stands sucks. It sucks. It turns out <laughs> it he, sucks. I didn't care that much. <laughs> no. The cardboard cutouts weren't doing it for you? No. <laughs> yeah. Turns out a bubble is not the way that I want to watch sports. Yeah. Mm -hmm. for, for me, basketball is a big tent and not just yeah. what's happening on the court. Yeah. 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 And Suns and Four. It also is like, it also was just that feeling of like, Remember when he first got back outside and everybody was going nuts? Yeah. It felt like it was like the, it was so indicative of that first, like we're first all kind of like, this is when everybody kind of started having the two shots and like, it was really everybody creeping back outside and you were hearing about it. People were going nuts on planes. Yeah. They were fighting everywhere. It was just this, this frenzy of us first getting out. And, <laughs> forgot uh, how to act completely. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I think Sons and Four Guy really like encapsulates all that. Um, yeah. Excellent. Time for my final pick. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff I want to go with here. There's so many. Really so many. So great, great albums, great movies, great TV shows this year. I have to take, I haven't taken a TV show yet. I have to take 
what was probably other than Succession, probably my favorite TV show and the biggest surprise. Uh, I loved Reservation Dogs, and I have to take Reservation so Dogs. Good. It was on my list too. Same. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. So good. It's amazing. Just fucking fan. I love that kind of like it. Like they do it on Atlanta as well. But there's something about like that kind of storytelling that is magical realism and like the real world interacting with like modern myth and and old myths as well. But just like. I just love it. This uh, things feel like dreamlike sometimes, but are mm-hmm. also grounded in like real problems and all that shit. I just love it. And then on top of that, the actors were they cast it. That's what I was to say. Yeah, so fucking good. They were like so good. None of them. Had, I mean, a lot of the supporting actors had done stuff before. Shout out to like Kirk Fox and uh, Bobby Lee was in it too. Like they did yeah. a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, but those kids, man, those kids were so good. Yeah. It was amazing. Knocked it out of the park. It's so it funny out. to me that FX also has another show that's an autobiographical comedy about a rapper. And like, it's yeah. not the show that's the most like Atlanta. <laughs> like, no, it's Reservation yeah. Dogs, yeah. which has that same. Yeah. I had the same feeling where like I watched the pilot and I was like, you know, this is really good. Like, I'm going to watch it. But it's like, oh, you know, it's like a hangout show about kids like doing kid shit. Like, I think I understand what this is. And then like every episode would just like unlock some new level, some new like thing the show could do or like character that was in interesting and then by the end of the season you were like i would follow this anywhere like this is yeah. so i have yeah. no idea where it's going next i trust it it's it was such a surprise you're yeah great pick so it just i just yeah it's just so fucking good there's that uh, guy that like the the spirit native guy that would come in every now and again he's just oh, got yeah. that one line where he's like man then i was on the hill and i looked over and i saw custer fuck i hated that guy and then he just, keeps <laughs> just like, it gets me so every time I think about that line, I'm just like, oh, that was funny. Man, fuck, I hated that guy. <laughs> fuck, I hated that guy. <laughs> Dude, Bill Burr as the fucking basketball coach. Oh, yeah. my God. Wild. God, he's really who would have thought that that was was where that guy was. Good. He's so good at acting. I he think Dal- Dallas Goldtooth is that guy's name who plays the, the, the rapper. Uh, no, oh, the sp- no, the spirit guide. Yeah. That rapper, uh, the dude on the show is a real rapper. I, I well, from well, my you know, like you grew digging. up around like a lot of those dudes. You know a a multiple Nammy winning. I do. Uh, Gabe Nightshield, Gabe dude. Nightshield, like an dude. Actu- you know an actual American, uh, a native rapper. Yeah, he won. He's the one that told me what Nammies were, and I was like, get out of here. And he's yeah. t- he's like, yeah, man. He was saying they go to the Nammies, and he knows like the guy who voices John Redcorn. He, it's just like a. A community. I was like, oh my gosh. This is, and he worked at the call center with me. That was one of the first times where I'm like, man, this is different. Like you're here on a call center and people calling you whatever all day. And then you're winning Native American Grammys when you're not yeah. here. It's wild how that works. It was just, yeah, I can't like, if you haven't seen it, I can't recommend it enough. It was so good. It's easy to watch too. It just go like, it's good. Give it, give it a shot. Oh, yeah, you'll be pissed. It'll be over before you're ready for it to be over. Yeah, oh, yeah, for sure. Um, that's my final pick. Marissa, <laughs> Super Producer Mars, do you have a pick? Uh, yeah, my pick will be the weekend Super Bowl performance. Totally. Oh, nice. oh Canada. Oh, Canada. Yeah. I just thought oh, it was a really cool, like, COVID-safe performance with an insane amount of backup dancers. And oh, yeah. visually, it was just so fun to look at. So that's my pick. 
Did you did you watch all those videos leading up to it too? No, but I'm um, excited to watch the documentary. Well, was it oh, the documentary about cool. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. About all the videos leading up and about all that? the I guess putting together that halftime performance. Okay. Awesome. The way they wore the mask was so smart. Yeah, yeah that was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, excellent I mean, pick, as great, always, Marissa. Great meme potential, too. Like the, oh, the yeah. shot of him running through the Hall of Mirrors. Yeah. That shit was all over my timeline for weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking nailed it. <laughs> uh, to recap, Allison, you went first. You took movie theaters, Squid Game, Dune, The White Lotus, and Bo Burnham's Inside. Sean, you went next. You took Succession Season 3, What We Do in the Shadow Season 3, <laughs> Pen 15 Season Unknown, Mortal Kombat, Skateboarding, <laughs> In the Olympics. David, you went third. You took NFTs, Insecure's final season, final episode, the Montero video, the Free Britney movement, and Sons and Four. I went last. I took musicals, Licorice Pizza, Get Back, Olivia Rodrigo's Sour, and Reservation Dogs. We left. That's a mixtape right there. That's a big mixtape. <laughs> Speaking of mixtapes, we left Call Me If You Get Lost, title of the creator's album, uh, on the board, which yeah. was so good. He's he's really hitting his stride is uh, everything. He's just yeah. fucking amazing. <laughs> he's, he can do it all. Yeah, I had yeah bunch of stuff. I on mean the, board. the vaccine. I had Bernie at the inauguration. The vaccine does not count. No, all right. I don't think so. Really. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe there was culture around it. Like, maybe yeah. there was. Don't let me box you in, dude. <laughs> sure. We left all of Marvel. All of Marvel. All of Marvel oh, yeah. on the table, like WandaVision, No WandaVision. Way Home, Maravista. Famous, famous MCU heroine Mara Beastown. <laughs> I'd like to see her show up. Her superpowers. What are you guys, she what are you guys doing all, over here? <laughs> all the red rock in the world and won't get drunk. What are you doing in here? What are you guys doing, Thanos? Uh, Japanese Breakfast had a big year. That album Jubilee and then Crying at H Mart, too. Um, that song Silk Chiffon by. Huma featuring Phoebe Bridgers was so fucking good. And I did, hadn't heard it until they performed on our show. And then I was like, oh, this is a banger. Um, oh, this album I want to recommend again, Urban Driftwood by Yasmin Williams, which yeah, is gotta... just like guitar kind of type stuff, which was so fucking good. One of my favorite things I've listened to this year. Uh, what else? Oh, the Summer of Soul documentary was so good. Oh, I had that on my list too. So uh, fucking good. The Billie Eilish album. I haven't heard it yet. I didn't get into it. I got to listen to that. Dude, if you don't listen to any, listen to like the, speaking of things you want to scream to in your car, the yeah. title track is like, it. it's basically two songs in one. And the first one is like Billie Eilish whispering. And then the second half, which like, she doesn't really do this anywhere else, is like full like guitars, screaming. Did she do that on SNL? Yeah. Oh, it was so good. Oh, yeah. hell yeah. I had so a, good. airplane fights on here. That seems to be a big pop culture thing for this year. That's a good one. Yeah, there was a lot of those. There was a lot of those. There's so many. Dudes freaking out on airplanes about wearing masks or not wearing masks. Oh, yeah. I feel like mask culture must have been been huge for fight videos. Like, you must have just had a bonanza this year. I got to stop talking. Every every computer can hear me. Uh, Girls 5 Eva, I think you should leave. Both really funny shows that Mm -hmm. I enjoyed. Yeah, Girls 5 Eva was really Only Murders in the Building was great. Yeah. I watched and enjoyed all of Ted Lasso. I mm. I know it's it has a bit of a reckoning, I guess, in the culture. I'm still I'm still uh, here for it. As a person with a mustache, I think you're biased. I think you have to recuse <laughs> yourself from this conversation. My mustache predates Ted Lasso, but I, it is nice to be represented in media um, by on someone who's not on a pizza box. Uh, you know what's crazy is uh, Judas and the Black Messiah came out this year. 
That was this year? Man. I think so. It's I, I have no frame of time. It it just doesn't seem yeah, like time anything. Time is dead to me. I don't even know what day it is, honestly, most days. I just don't know. Not out of a weird thing. One last thing I wanted to say was watching the trailer for House of Gucci, although not watching the movie House of Gucci. I haven't watched it I, yet. So I saw The Last Duel. I saw The Last Duel. That was like the better Ridley Scott movie this year by like 10,000 times, but it's less memeable, so no yeah. one heard about it. I did not like House of Gucci. I did not really? like... I, House of Gucci. No, it's, it's Gucci. not good. It's I, not. I almost fell asleep several times, which is like not what you want from a Lady Gaga, Jared Leto Anything. movie. It doesn't even work in the in the so bad it's good way. It's just boring. It's just bad? It's just boring. boring. There's like, the, <laughs> like, whoever cut the trailer like knew what the people wanted from that movie yeah. and the movie does not know what the people wanted from that movie. Uh, no. It's like Medellin, you know? Yes. Interesting. Just like Entourage's Medellin. <laughs> I also, and not to, not to keep going when we've already recorded for too long, didn't really love Don't Look Up. <laughs> Oh, uh, as a critic, totally, you just, I was very you just don't get climate anxiety. That's why you don't like to look up. We want to hear yours. Hit us up at all. This might be our longest episode yet. Hit us up at All Fantasy Pod on Twitter, All Fantasy Podcast at gmail.com. Shout out to everyone on the AFE subreddit. Shout out to everyone on the All Fantasy Everything Patreon. We love you. Shout out to everyone on the AFE Shaslackity. Shout out to St. Sue Carmel. Thanks for introducing me to the Beatles. Shout out to uh, <laughs> Frankie Ocean, Sid the Dude, Haji Beats, and more important than all that, tune in again next week to another brand new episode of All Fantasy Everything. Shakakity! That was a HeadGum Podcast.